It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Happy Wednesday, Juice Mason. Alongside Morgan Reagan, it is a Wednesday show. We're on each day, 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. We got so much to go over today. Kings continue their road trip tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Sources saying that the is the beam already on at Golden One Center. Is That's that, you, I, don't, I think the beam is on. I don't I like this. Up. This is dumb. This is dumb. Dumb way to start the show. Dumb way to start the day. No, we're not doing this. We're not throwing out jinxes and doing this stuff, Deuce. One uh, game at a time. What would Mike Brown do to you right now? I, he I, would bench your butt. I, okay. So you're asking what would Brown do for you? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I was going to say, Morgan, how you doing? But apparently you are ready to go today. You're charged up. Not... Charged up like that beam. Is that where you're going with this? I don't like this, Deuce. We were just talking with Jason Ross how we got to take it one game at a time. Stop looking ahead at the Pacers. Guys, guys, I'm not even... (laughs) At some point, you guys, the whole, like, sports jinx thing just has to stop, okay? Wait, wait, wait. There was something the other day that you literally... Oh, you didn't like when people are chanting light the beam at the end of a game. Yeah, because the game, like, when it's like a 10-point game, the game's not technically over. You're in the contest. But going into this game tonight against a Spurs team... The Spurs have lost six in a row, Morgan. You guys, if They're, this happens... They have 14 wins this year. You think I'm scared of the Spurs? They've lost the yeah. ele- last 11 of 12 games, too. Yes. Hey, Morgan. What? The Kings. And you chatters out there that oh. agree with Morgan... Do you understand? Do you understand? Your kings are good. I, I know. It's it's a scary feeling. It's a little bizarre. It's something you haven't experienced. No. They're 20 and 21. They've got one of the best road re- records in the West. You take care of business. Son. This, it's not me jinxing it. I'm just saying going into tonight, you don't feel confident tonight. No. Okay, that's not the that's one. Do not ask that question while you're jinxing everything. Two, I do feel confident going in tonight, but you're acting real cocky over here, acting like the Kings are some championship team and they're just ready to hold up the championship trophy. You need to calm down, stop talking about the beam like that, and allow them to play basketball the right way, taking it one game at a time. This is Deuce, you would be the worst teammate to have. Because you would literally go in to San Antonio, you'd walk in, you'd be like, guys. No, 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 no. No, because. Look at these losers. As you know, I approach everything with seriousness. But you know what I I do do also do? I approach it with confidence. And when you walk into San Antonio tonight and you're a Sacramento Kings player, you're going, we're winning this game tonight. And if I'm De'Aaron Fox, hey, Del Vadova, be ready to play tonight. Oh, my God. Deontay Burton, you're on a 10-day. Get ready. So if Delhi and Dante Burton, Deontay Burton, thank you. I yeah. said Dante. Yeah. Deontay Burton, get to go in, then you know it's a good game. Then you well, know or, it's taking care or, of business. Or it could be really bad. Maybe Very the Spurs bad. could be up 40 and we're going, wow, it's one of those games, huh? Oh, I, my I'm, God. And, I'm not losing sight that anything can happen in the NBA. Okay, I make just for the record. At the start of the show, I'm trying to provide some good vibes. Hey, talk about the beam. Oh, the beam could be on tonight, and immediately you jump on me like I I said something really offensive. Mm, You threw a little jinxy jinx in there. Okay, did he not, Chris? This is when I need you, bud. Well, if you recall, say it right. I'm the one that said we need to start doing the light the beam chance way earlier. Hate him too. This is not good. Go away. Done. Goodbye. As Nick Cattles, who's in the chat right now, says the Kings actually have the 
best road record in the West. Nick. <laughs> yeah, if it was at home, I'd be worried. I'm going to spit on this desk, <laughs> oh, okay? <laughs> uh, appreciate everyone joining us live, by the way. If you are in the YouTube chat, we appreciate you being here. Yesterday, able to get 400 thumbs up. I know that's not happening today, and it's okay. It's okay. I don't need what is 100. This? I don't need 400. I mean, that is, that's like... A 50-point game and, well, maybe a 60-point game in the NBA because 50-point games are happening all the time now. It's like a 60-point game. It's kind of rare. But what I want to challenge you guys to do is to hit the thumbs up because all it does is help this channel grow. And so you're more aware of what we have going on all day long on Sacktown Sports 1140 with live and local coverage starting at 6 a.m. with Dave and Jason. Then you got us, 11 to 2, and then, of course, Cattles and Rami that start right after us at 2 p.m. So Let's make go. sure you're locked in and you know what's going on. Hit the thumbs up, help this grow, and make sure to subscribe as well. Yeah, I do feel confident headed into tonight's game for obvious reasons. The Spurs are not a good team, but, you know, they do some things that hurt the Kings. I was just talking about with Jason, right? Second chance points, pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Offensive rebounds, points in the paint, all things Kings struggle with. I. I am eager to see the Kings' approach to this game because the, the point you're making is is right from this regard. Like, you don't you can't walk in thinking you won the game. No. I'm eager to see this Kings team build off what they did against Minnesota because if they play defense against the Spurs like they did yeah. against Minnesota the other night, it's going to be great. The problem is if you're a Kings player, do you get up for a team that doesn't have Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell or Rudy Gobert? The mindset yeah. has to be appropriate. And that's what I'm, I, I want to see that tonight. And you asked, like, do you get up for these games? If you don't and you are in Sacramento, then you should probably go to some sort of sports therapist because really you think about what this city has been through with this organization, with this team over the years. And as a player, as a competitor, really, is where I'm getting at, is you should really, truly understand that and want that. And if you don't want that, bye. (laughs) Go on to some other team. I don't think that's here on this roster with the Sacramento Kings. And Deuce, you know what else I would like? Not only to have this great game so then you get to see um, Delhi get his minutes or however you want to go down the bench, (laughs) If the Kings are trying to showcase anyone as the trade deadline comes up, I would love for those guys to get their minutes tonight. I think the showcase thing is so overblown. You think we talk about it too much and it's not really a thing? Yeah. Really? I mean, let's just play this out, for example. Let's just say tonight I disagree. Rashawn Holmes comes in and he provides a great spark for the team yeah. and it's in a blowout win. He has a double-double. I don't think anyone's going to go. Any GMs go, you know what? Maybe I will trade for that guy now. I think people pretty much know for who sure. these guys are. There's so much film on these guys. They talk to agents. They talk to other teams. They talk to their scouts. You pretty much have a good feel for who guys are at this point. And showcasing to me, I, I don't know. I just don't buy it. You know what? The only reason why I buy into the showcasing a little bit, and not like they're like, if you don't get him five minutes for me to see him, this deal is off. Sometimes maybe it's a little bit more... Like, um, oh, do you trust him enough to play him? Do you feel comfortable putting him out there and putting him in the rotation at all, too? Like, why would I if you're not even um, feeling that way about him? So I think sometimes there's a little bit of that reverse psychology that goes on there. But also I do – I believe – and we should have some, like, 
former NBA scout on or something and ask him about these things. So I'm curious, like, if there are those little sneaky, manipulative things that go on to try and convince a team that a player is this great, and that's why you should give us this. And I'm not saying teams don't try to showcase guys. I just don't know how effective it is. Like, if I'm a GM, with with, Rashawn Holmes is a great example of this. If I'm a GM and I've seen Rashawn Holmes enough and I like him, but he hasn't performed well over the last year, if he comes out and has a good game or a good stretch of games for three games— I'm not automatically going, oh, okay, I'm going to give up more to get him. For what sure. I'm going to do is, oh, I actually have some interest in him now because I think he can be in our building and produce. We can put him up in a situation that will help him and help us. But I'm still not giving up more to do it. Yeah. Because he has four games doesn't change anything, right? I need to see more of a sample size. Over the last year, you haven't seen that. So that's where I think the showcasing is overblown. I do think there are teams interested in Rashawn Holmes. It's just, all right what are the Kings going to take back? And what are the Kings going to do to entice some team to take on that deal? These GMs, they're trying to win deals. They're trying to get the best deal possible. They're like, but what if it's more like uh, along the lines, prove to me that he's not injured. Prove to me. (laughs) Showcase him. Show him, won't you? I don't know. I just think sometimes a lot of that can come in to play. Just those NBA minutes are really important. They have their film from last season. It could be whatever, but you're right. Someone like Rashawn Holmes, for example, he has his big game against the Lakers. Someone like Terrence Davis has his big game on TNT. You know, like these guys have enough to showcase what they're capable and what their flaws are as well. We got a couple people on our YouTube chat. Appreciate you guys being here. What up? Mentioning that the Sixers have interest in Rashawn Holmes. I need a link to this story. Maybe I missed it. I I would love to see it. Um, Hmm. But, you know, you you look at the Sixers situation, you have Embiid. Last year, they had Drummond for a stretch, right? But, like, you can make the case they need some additional size behind Embiid for sure. Absolutely. And if they went in that direction with Rashawn Holmes, you think about how – Let's just say James Harden, for example. Let's say he they find a way to keep him there. Daryl Morey is his guy. And it's you have a lob threat. You have a guy in James Harden that is and can be an incredible playmaker and has relied more on his playmaking ability throughout um, his later years with just, you know, not having the same shot or the same explosiveness. But he still has that craftiness to get into the paint, create, and Throw it up to a guy like Rashawn Holmes. And think about the pick and the pick and roll numbers with Joel Embiid and James Harden mm. are absolutely way high up there. Think about putting him next to Rashawn Holmes. Wow. Am I selling Rashawn Holmes to six to the Sixers? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. No. I wish you weren't a liar. I I think we're both of the belief that Rashawn Holmes could help a team. I think he can help this team. It just I know. for whatever reason, they're just like, yeah, we don't see it. Too many defensive breakdowns at times. I think so many people are like, no, he just hasn't played well. Has he had a long period of time to show what he can do? Have the Kings put him in the best position possible to highlight his strengths? I'm not saying you need to build a whole offense around him. I know you got this motion offense, but when Rashawn's in the game, maybe you run some different things, a little more pick and roll. We saw that floater was lethal when Halliburton was here with him. So Lethal. We got a lot to discuss And the one game they did, he had a Rashawn Holmes game. Like he didn't miss. Double, double. <laughs> he, he got the rebounds. He was good. It's Man. true. It's true. 
showcased him in that game. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> we have a jam-packed show for you. Anthony Slater coming up at one. We got to talk a lot of Kings today as they continue the road trip against the Spurs. Plus, Morgan, what? <laughs> you mentioned the name Tom Brady. It's not a celebration with her today. Oh, my God. And I'm curious how the, the chat feels. Uh, people, if you want to call into a 1-800-920-1140, I get the sense there's a lot of people that are going, cool, Tom Brady retired. Move on. It's interesting to me. Like, he's not getting much love today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We'll be back in 60 seconds. It's Deuce and Mo. I can't tell you as a kid how much I loved this song as a kid. Wake up, wake up. It's the first Wait, of the that's month. that's not what song yeah. it is? Yeah, it is. Oh, Owen it is? Yeah. yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. Keep it to me today. I mean, that's It's like- February 1st. Oh, Okay. What, what, what's the confusion? How are you going to say it's not the song? It is. I, I knew did, it. Chris I didn't, played it. Hey, I didn't. Yo. It's amazing yo, to me. Just for the record. I did not deny yeah. it. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yo. Yo. Listen. Let's acknowledge that Morgan knows some obscure ass Lindsay Lohan song, but that Bone Thugs is classic song. Th- I don't think that's it. I that's I, I grew it. up listening to Bone Thugs all oh, through high school. I'm sure I did. All high school, I was like six years old oh, with well, this yeah. song. We, we you were, were late to the party. <laughs> I was very at my late. crappy apartment complex. I know. In Carmichael, I this know. we were bumping this. Yeah, I know. Why did I say that? We, we were, were bumping. We this. were bumping this. I swear. You're so cool. I know, and I'm listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony for before basketball games. Okay. I was laughing at some of the reaction in our, our YouTube chat yeah. just a few minutes ago during the break because we always stay live on the YouTube page. For those listening to the radio, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Because we're asking about Tom Brady. We put a poll question like, hey, do you care that about the Tom Brady retirement story? Yeah. And like overwhelmingly people who have voted so far are like, no. Like, 71% of people say no. In case you missed it, yeah, this is not like a repeat from last February 1st when Tom Brady retired. He went on social media today and said, I'm give, I, I, I'm over. I'm done. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so... Uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So, uh, really, thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change. Thing, love you all. I was I was ready for him at the end of that to go and. By the way, please check out my movie that's coming out soon. Eighty for Brady. Eighty for Brady. Um, it's about four elderly female friends and longtime Patriots fans who travel to Houston to watch their hero Tom Brady and the Patriots play in the Super Bowl. Please watch that trailer and cringe Dude, with me. Um, he- uh, can I uh, go ahead? Go ahead. What, just what, really what, quick what, what, about what? that, though. I really hate that trailer for women in sport. Like they're like, yeah, it's best friends, women watching sports, and I'm like, no, no, you are you are downplaying like actual female football fans that watch sports and watch football and know the game. They're just talking about, oh, but he's cute, and then Gronk's in, it and they're like, he's a handsome boy, and it's like, 
we, we don't need to objectify everyone in this movie just because we're female fans. But Come that, on. That's funny, Morgan. It's funny, right? They're 80 years old and they think these players are hunks and they're going to have some funny moments with them, you know? Dis- it's going to be great stuff. So glad he's retiring. Um, <laughs> Brooke in the chest says, imagine blowing up your marriage just to retire again six months later. Thank you, Team um, Giselle. So... It is interesting because normally someone like as iconic as Tom Brady retires, it yeah. is a giant story. It, part of this is because last year at this time he announced there's a big deal, then he comes back and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, he played 23 years in the NFL, Morgan. All right, seven Super Bowls, three MVPs. Even if you don't like him, can't we just acknowledge like we're we're never going to see in all likelihood a quarterback play 23 years in the NFL. Not only 23 years. But to achieve what he did because of how the game is. Like, guys don't play that long anymore in football. I'll go for my cheap pops after I give him the love that he deserves. Because you're absolutely right. Just from the standpoint of greatness and this athlete that lasted so long in one sport and did it at such a high level. Um, you look at his resume, his numbers. There's so many great things about him. Truly. Like okay. I'm, I'm, I'm it, no, we were, we were very lucky as football fans at times to witness um, such a great quarterback okay, in this game. This, I'm going to be honest. You sound like Tom Brady I, on the retirement. No, thing. No, no. It sounds so fake. Can I be it honest? It doesn't sound real. I, just, just... I don't want to be, I don't want to be, now that we're in sports talk, I think it's so ridiculous when people come out and they just have to have this strong take, like, he's an idiot, everyone hates him, all these things. I'll get to that part in a second. What he's done for football, amazing, awesome, love it all, and we already talked about this last year, so we're not going to talk about it again. (laughs) And what we're going to talk about today is 80 for Brady, we're going to talk about uh, Team Giselle, and how he seriously, seriously couldn't leave football just one year earlier to save his marriage and his family. What a loser that's going to make (laughs) lots and lots of money now on a broadcast. And I know you love your... You're real housewives, and you love the drama. Love. You're going, just to be clear. Yeah. You're breaking down someone's marriage, the end of their marriage, based on things you have read on social media. That maybe doesn't show the full picture of what maybe really went down between the two. I'm adding it to my reasons not to like him, whether it's true or not. But hey, as they say on Real Housewives, where there's smoke, there is fire. (laughs) You love. Mm-hmm. Morgan does love drama. I, I've got a different take on this. Okay. Oh. Doesn't this prove that Tom Brady isn't the Michael Jordan of football? Hmm. How come? Because when Michael Jordan retired, everyone was just like, oh, amazing. One of the greatest players of all time. Fantastic. He comes back. Everybody loves it. Retires again. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michael Jordan. How much he did for the game. You are so great. You are so great. Comes think- back. We love him even more. And then retires again. Thank you, Michael Jordan. You are so great. You are so fantastic. I don't feel like that. I I think it's different. Why? The first time he left, I mean, who knows? There's (laughs) there's conspiracy theories about that, but let's just say his father died, right? And then he he stepped away from the game, pursued baseball. It was shocking when he retired. I was like, this guy's in the prime of his career. He's done? He's going to go chase baseball, play minor league baseball? Mm -hmm. And then he came back. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. The league needed this. When he retired the last time, I was like, okay, it's a transition time. When he came back with the Wizards, I don't feel like there was that same level of excitement. It was like, oh, he's coming back, but it's with the Wizards. There there, there wasn't, but there was still people 
people down for it. I mean, he was still competing at a high level. He still found a way to make somewhat of an impact, even when he was with the Wizards. Uh, some people in the chat comparing it to Brett Favre, by the way. And yeah, Brett Favre retiring, coming back, coming also it, barf. Yeah, at some point it just gets kind of tiring. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you acknowledge Brady's greatness while at the same time going. Yeah, it was, the end was kind of weird. Appreciate everyone watching us live, by the way. If you're in the YouTube chat, the biggest thing you could do is hit the thumbs up button. We should be at 100 thumbs up right now. So get the thumbs up because it helps the channel grow. You can also call us anytime at 1-800-920-1140. We're going to squeeze in one. Let's check in with Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, how you guys doing? Good. We're good, man. What's up? I had a. Uh, I'm just curious because Morgan, I actually do agree with you. I've totally been turned off by Brady ever since pretty much he's left the Patriots. It's been all about him, and I think he blew it with Giselle as well. And Woo! I'm a, uh, I'm a girl dad, so oh. I definitely take that way a little more too. But I do kind of. You don't have to be too upfront because I know, and you do a heck of a job on your uh, post game show as well. I love. Oh, where are we going, you know, Bobby? Yeah, this is this is setting up I to be. I love this I love you. You're yeah. great. I'm a girl because, dad. Because, well, because I am a girl dad, so it's like, I'm just curious though why, like, with the whole Barnes thing, with what he just did, like, can we hold him accountable for his behavior? Because it's like, wait, wait, are you talking about? Are you talking about like when he got into it with his like his fiance's yeah, ex who approached I mean, him and he spit and in his just face? Everything else, but that's just the latest one of his many, and it's like. I, I'm just curious because it's like I just want to be consistent with that when, like, I, I feel like he gets pass after pass. And yet, yet I don't he think is he's good at his job. I'll give him that. I don't think he's but gone pass after like, pass. Who, who Who's given him a pass? I mean, oh, what? We, I mean, we were at the Niners game one. You saw the video, and I was like, oh, what's happening? Do you understand? Like, they end up getting a restraining order against this Bobby, guy because he's been threatening. And, and, Bobby, what I will tell you, and appreciate the call and everything, but what I will tell you, too, is that over the years, a very misunderstood person with a spotlight shined on him with people creating a narrative. And even in this last situation, there are just too many legal things that are going on. But let's just say people high up, even with the Niners, know what really went down and are ready and willing to stick up for um, what really went down with Matt Barnes. I'd spit in that guy's face, too. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate you checking no, in, Bobby. I guess, I, no, I agree. I just know that that is... Uh... Just spitting on someone is like the lowest of low. But that's all. That, that's all. Yeah, but you, you, we don't know no. everything that led up to it there either. I hear you, man. Bobby. No, I know. I, hey, hey, that's fair. That yeah. is fair. I'll give you that. All right, Bobby. So, hey, you do a great job. I do want to end it Thank on that. You, you right. do. Appreciate <laughs> you, Bobby. Love you. Got a couple of things hey, I got to pick. No, I appreciate fine. it. We can talk about yeah. anything. Whatever. Uh, we got so much more coming up. We're going to be back in just a few minutes, and we always stay live on the YouTube feed, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Moe on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe. Sacktown Sports. Dude, it's pretty insane to think about that Brady gets a 10-year, $375 million deal. Let me try again. Yeah. Rewind. Can you hit rewind on wait, that? Wait. Um. Wait. This isn't live, right? No. Okay. We're rewind. Not live. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Welcome in. Yeah. Can you believe that Tom Brady signed a ten-year, three hundred and seventy-five million dollar deal to be the lead an- analyst on the A team for the NFL and Fox? Uh, he got that. He's never done the job before. How do you get a ten-year? It's one thing to get hired, and hey, maybe we're gonna give him a shot. He's got a name. We're gonna work yeah. his way up. He's never done it. Three. 
How? Do you really want to know how? I know. Okay. Yes, I yeah. know. NFL. Cash grab. If you're, if you're a white quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL, easy job. Oh, oh, white, good-looking quarterback oh. in, in the NFL. A-team. There's, there's $375 million. <laughs> Anything what, you want. And I feel like I'm taking away from some of these. Like Dan Orlovsky wasn't really like much of a quarterback in the uh-huh. NFL. He's got a primetime job on, on ESPN. He's... He does his work. He does a good job. There you but go. But my point it is just funny how it works in the NFL. Opportunities, man. Yeah. Opportunities come up for people. I appreciate you guys joining us today. We've got so much to get to. The Kings take on the Spurs tonight. The Ringo put out a list of the top 100 NBA players huh. that caught our attention. we got to talk about that today as well. Um, Morgan, I had a story today that <laughs> it really got me. Yeah, what? Let's just say there was a... JV high school game. Oh, this is great direction. Okay. JV high school game. They're missing a player. And sometimes you're missing a player. What do you do? You got to change your rotation a little bit. Sure. That happened at my high school. Sorry, girls. We got we got four players to play with. Yeah. You play, maybe play with four. Yeah. Or maybe. I don't know what you do. Well, they've found a unique way. Just listen to the story. Okay. All right, file this one under one of the strangest stories I've ever heard of and talked about. Last Friday, we received an email from the mother of a player on the Churchland High School girls JV basketball team that an assistant coach on the team named Arlisha Boykins impersonated a 13-year-old player on the team that was out of town for a club (laughs) basketball tournament. Here's video from that game. Churchland is in the black uniforms. Number one right there that just came up with the black block shot. We're told that as Arlisha Boykins, they were taken on Nansman River. Uh, this video has been edited to show you some of the highlights. Uh, Arlisha is apparently a 22-year-old young woman going up against 14- and 15-year-old girls. Now, we have confirmed that Boykins is no longer an employee of Portsmouth Public Schools. And since this game, the student athletes on the team and parents decided to just end the season. They will not be playing any more games this year. Portsmouth Public Schools did launch an investigation into this matter. The details have not been revealed by officials quite yet. <laughs> nope, not getting serious. Just going to keep it here. Genius, savage, would do the same thing just to feel great about myself against 14-year-old Honestly, little girls. Honestly, there, I was thinking about this. Any better feeling than being like 22 <sighs> years old and just dominate? You would feel like no the better most feeling. amazing player ever. You just... Just destroying players. I would cook out there. I would be breaking little 14-year-old girl ankles just left and right, <laughs> taking it to the rack, pushing them to the ground and being like, what? Get up. <laughs> I, got some ba- I got some bad news for uh, you. What's what? the bad news? They lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. lost. If you lose the game and you're a 22-year-old, was she trying to like act like she was 13? She's like, hey, I can't be that good out there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be, I can't be, I can't be like 16 year old. I have to be 13 year old good. So I got to see some of the um, footage that was going on with there from that clip. And she looked really tall and she looked like <laughs> definitely better. Like she was coordinated. Obviously she's 22 years old and probably played basketball. If she was one of the basketball coaches. It's honestly hilarious but also awful because even Cameron said bro why did they cancel this season though yeah. I feel that's where that's where like just to get you serious feel bad. you feel, bad, you feel yeah. awful no like truly awful you have to do it because you can't have the coaches anymore <laughs> like yeah I mean so she loses her job this is just and I she mean, was an assistant coach the head coach was like yeah we're good no you're right you're <laughs> 
How does it come up too? Be like, hey, approved. hey, I know we're missing um, whatever her yeah. the person's name yeah. is. Uh, what do we do? Like, who suggested? Hey, coach, you kind of look like you're 13. Do you, what? Why don't you play? I don't. I, I don't think you need like deniability. So it's just like, I mean, like, and you, we could probably get away if if you were on the team, but I I'm not suggesting that. Dude. Also, you know those. If we don't probably gave it away. The, her teammates. I was. They're probably looking around yeah. like, I, "This is weird. Like, are we going to get caught on Thank this?" You. Right? Thank you. Yeah. No. You. You got. You're playing with 14 and 15 year old <laughs> young women. You think I like to gossip and love Bravo and drama? No. 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 Little. Little. Um. Young women love that stuff, especially when you're part of a team. I was part of teams at that age, and it was like nothing is going to get. I mean, everything's going to be given to everyone, right? If, if, information. If this happened to an NBA team where an NBA team had to, like, put a coach into a game to yeah. play, who would be the, like, best NBA head coach to go out there and give you some minutes? Okay. Okay, this is good. I think it's Chauncey Billups <sighs> in what Portland. About, what about, like, uh, yeah, Jason Kidd isn't well, in kid. the same shape, though. No, but, I mean, you're just talking about give you some minutes. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about who would not be in there for sh- oh, sure. Um, Tibbs, for sure. No. <laughs> could you imagine Thibodeau out there? No, no. Um, Willie Green could give you some minutes. You think Steve Kerr could stay in the corner and shoot some? He's like, a little fragile. He's got a bad back. You're right, you know, you're you right. You hit him once, he breaks he's and done. folds over, okay. and like he's done. Yeah. You know, no. there's actually some... Steve Clifford definitely could not play. Mike Brown was pretty fast in that okay. video when he turned on the no, Jets. No, no. And I knew you were going to go with Mike Brown because you're like, I oh, love Kings are, I love Mike Brown. Yeah. we got to slobber over him. Mike Brown, if you had to put him in an NBA game, probably wouldn't be great. He'd play physical. How would Doug be? If you shove Doug Christie out there. Uh, Doug Christie. Yes. The, the guy that in the biggest game of his career. Oh, no. In game Don't, seven. No. I'm going to uppercut you. In game seven, 2002, what did he do? This is... This is not okay. Doug he better tried come. his best. He airballed from the corner. Unforgivable. I'm kidding. Uh, Doug could still play. <laughs> I wish Doug was here. Do I can't even say that seriously. That was hard. I remember talking. I think it was Matt Barnes said something like, oh, I can't play anymore. I haven't played in like years or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, Matt Matt has said on the broadcast, he was like, there's no way I could play. I don't play anymore. Even though he works out and yeah. he's still in shape. I remember asking Doug, like, okay, when you retired, like, how long till you picked out a basketball? He's like, oh, the next day. Yeah, like well, every day I pick up a basketball. Really quick, Lindsey Harding asked the same thing the other day on the court, and I was like, okay, when was you know you still ball or whatever when you get workouts at the gym or here? And she's like, no, I, I don't need to touch basketball anymore. Put it down for my last time. Good, tied the shoes. I'm good. And I was like, really? So like, do you get your fix rebounding for these guys? And she's like. It's not even a fix. It's just like the job. And I think it's it's crazy that we always do that when it comes to like athletes, you know, especially basketball. Yeah, you guys still hoop. Yeah. And they're like, dude, I I played my entire childhood. I went to college. I practiced every weekend. I played multiple games. I made it to the league. I had to travel. I did it for seven, eight, ten years, whatever. I'm just done now. Deuce, there were times though. It's I, like asking a teacher, hey, you still teach? No. It's like, no, I'm retired. But you <laughs> just you just don't feel complete anymore as a person because oh, it, sure. it's it's part of you. And it's like when I stopped, I I was I was lightweight depressed. I was like, I don't need it in my life. I'm cool without basketball. And then you're like, what's missing in my life? And you realize, oh, the love of my mm. life. 
basketball. Wilson. Spalding. Voight. <laughs> Doug Christie. I didn't go to a good school. We had Voight basketball. Oh, Voight, yeah. you poor thing. Doug Christie could still play, though. His his knee's not great, but I think he could play. Yeah, he's still got it. He's still got it. But, um, yeah, most, most coaches, though, in the NBA right now uh, would not get away with uh, playing in the Sneaking on a jersey. Actually, I was just looking at the list of coaches. Yeah. It's not terrible. There are who, guys. Who else? Like, if you were playing a, a pickup game at, you know, a gym, there's definitely guys that I think Jacques Vaughn could play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Kidd, Michael Malone. Dwayne Casey's a little too old, but he's probably got the old man game. Steven Silas, not concerned about him at yeah. all. Carlisle can't move. Tyrone Lue. Yeah, Carlisle could. Carlisle, you know what Carlisle would give you really quick before Ty Lue? Carlisle would give you that, like, old man game where he's just, like, in the post, but he has a good feel and someone's cutting and he's, like, throwing it over his shoulder. He's got the left-hand air hook. There you go. Yes, exactly. Where you're like, oh, okay, old man. Okay. Ty Lue. He's got a good feel for the game. Yeah, he does. High IQ. We got so much to get to. We got a uh, break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the top 100 players list. From the Ringer. Where do they have some Kings listed? Oh, we'll I, go over it. You got 100? One, one, one. I, I think while well, we're talking about 100. Yeah! Okay, a couple of things. A couple of things real fast. I think you celebrate 100 thumbs up a little too much. Me? It, yeah, you're like, yeah. I mean, it's clear like Chris's thing is just like a... It's like a cute thing. You, you start getting the 200 thumbs up, that's when I... Oh, I kind of perk up a little bit. But I'm like, celebrating everything in life. All the little wins. All the little Morgan, wins. we had 400 yesterday. You we said that's four- a 60-point game. Yeah, 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 but 200 is like, that's expected. And I, we, we, we have not done a show where we haven't had So you're saying it's like the Kings winning by 12 tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not great, but like right. they did what they were supposed to do. All right. We got to talk more coming up. We always stay live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Yes, yes, yes. It's Deuce and Mo live. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. right here on Sacktown Sports. Live and local from 6A to 6P. Hopefully, if you're driving around, when you get to the office or you're home doing nothing, put us up on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Download the free Sacktown Sports app. App. You know, Morgan, the Ringer uh, put out a list of a hun- top 100 NBA players. Oh, I saw it. I was wondering where LeBron would rank, too. LeBron last night, triple-double at Madison Square Garden. Lakers got the win. Man, I thought the Knicks had that game. That was what? in overtime, right? Yeah. What happened at the end of regulation? Jalen oh, Brunson, yes. by the way, all-star Jalen Brunson was cooking. So last play of the game, a four shot by Julius Randle. What Dude, are we doing? A what forced, are we doing? You had a chance to win. You had the ball, sideline out of bounds, 4.5 seconds left. Julius Randle just tries to go baseline and throws it up, and it's like Brunson's at the top like, yo, I've been I've been cooking. You can just hand it to me instead. Hey. But no, they got the loss in overtime. If he makes the all-star team in the East. Ooh, I like this. And he has a good shot, I think. Uh-huh. We'll find out Thursday when the reserves are announced. Hopefully Fox and Sabonis get in there. Jalen Brunson's got a shot. You don't think the Mavs would like to have an all, another all-star with Luka? And it just goes to show you, I think the Mavs have some real thinking to do long-term when it comes to Luka. His greatness is undeniable. 
he has a chance to be one of the most special players we mm-hmm. have ever seen in the NBA. I mean, think about his age. He's got four 50-point games this season. He's awesome. He's incredible. But trying to make sure you may have players around him and have a system that's conducive where everyone can also thrive is important because it's got to be tough seeing what Jalen Brunson's doing with the Knicks right now. Jason Kidd was telling Spencer Dinwiddie the other day after I think that 53-point game or before it or whatever, for him it was like, yo, you need to act like Luka isn't out there and just play your game. Because I think that's what a lot of players do when they are teamed up with Luka Doncic is play a whole different game. When really it's like, no, no, let him do his thing and he's going to, but you still have to somehow find your rhythm. It's not easy, and it is something that's weird style of basketball that is – it's weird to watch, right? Especially when you're seeing someone like Jalen Brunson do so well with New York. And, yeah, it just makes you think. So the Ringers' top 100 NBA players, a panel of four people did it, including our buddy, buddy Kevin O'Connor. Um, okay, they claim see. that it's a year-round, around-the-clock ranking of the players making the biggest impact on the league right now. Mm. Making the biggest impact on the league right now. Right now. Four analysts participate, as I mentioned. Number one. They've got Jokic. Uh-huh. Number two, they've got Giannis. Three, Steph Curry. Four, KD. Five, Luka. Six, Embiid. Seven, Tatum. LeBron at eight. Then Ja Morant and Devin Booker's 10th. Yeah. I feel like, is Devin Booker getting, I, and I love, you know me, I'm a big Devin yeah. Booker fan. How, how do we say he's making the biggest impact on the NBA right now when he's missed a ton of games? Well, Just and curious. that's my only confusion, because I agree with his impact on a team when healthy, um, which he has mostly been healthy throughout, well, throughout the last couple of years. And when I look at that top 10, I feel like it's pretty good, right? Because we keep looking at right now. It's not like what is based on their resume, on their career. It's what impact they're making right now with their team. And yeah, Devin Booker is my only question on that one. But so is the next guy. Who's the next guy that's questionable for you? Zion? Well, Zion at 11, he's another guy that we just keep on going back and what forth about with the AD help. at 12? Right. Like we're talking about guys that make an impact right now. And it's like, well, no, they should be there if they were, like, I mean, you're talking about AD before the injury. Yes, he would be top 10. Like, the impact he was making with this Lakers roster is absolutely incredible. But when he's not on the floor, you can't make an impact. So why are you still top 20 at that point? I, I think, to be honest, LeBron seems low. Just because okay. I, I do think we just, I know he's not the same guy when it comes to attacking the paint. But what is, where would the Lakers be without him right now? Like, look what's around him. And I'm not saying that's all the Lakers' fault. Yeah. He deserves some blame, too. But the impact he has had, they would not even be close to where they are right now if he wasn't there. Is he able to carry a team? I guess that's probably where they knock him down a little bit. Maybe he's not able to just do something that not many players can do, which is take a bunch of random guys around you and be and go out and win 50 games. I, I think because he's done it so many times in his career – that because he's not doing it now, we hold it against him. It's like, well, no, what he was doing, that's not normal. That's not normal. Not a lot of guys can do that. He did it for a lot of years in the NBA. He may not be able to do that exactly now, but I don't think you get knocked down because of it. I don't think it's so much they are knocking him down. There's just players who are doing it even better right now. And you look at those players that are doing it better, I think it's deserved. You look at Joel Embiid. Sometimes with Luka, I try to... I go back and forth on because I'm like, 
he's sometimes the hardest thing to play with and can sometimes be the most magical thing to play with. Luca magic, right? Like we 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 know about that with him. But at the same time, um the impact that he makes with a team compared to just I well, but then again, the Mavs are even where they are because of him. Exactly. But also are they there because of him? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I hear you. Yeah. I hear it. Well, you have to keep scrolling down to find someone on the Kings. I'm going to keep scrolling Ooh. down, keep scrolling. Oh, uh-huh. but, okay. I'm at 18 now. No Kings. Okay. Oh. Dame Lillard at 19. Harden yeah. at 20. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton listed at 21. Which is fair. 22 Jalen Brown. 23 is when you get to the first member of the Sacramento Kings. Demonis Sabonis. Does that feel? Yeah, I was just saying. Does that feel a little low? Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's definitely low. I mean, you look at a team that are they still third in the West? Wherever they're top, they're top of the West, right? Um, You look at the impact that Domas Sabonis plays and brings every single night. You know that that impact is very important. Like, why would Pascal Siakam be at 17 when their team, when you look at their record? Yeah. Even though we yes. know what he can do as an individual and his resume is better, but that's not what this list is about. If we're talking about guys who are impacting the NBA right, right now, now, Sabonis had a legitimate case to be an all-star starter now. His Thank team's you. the third best team in the West. The Raptors are a mess. Yeah. They've been yeah. so inconsistent. We've seen the good Raptors. We've seen the really bad Raptors. Uh, after Sabonis, you got Bam, 24. Uh-huh. And then you've got DeRozan, 25th, who's on a bad Bulls team this year. 26, I think Kyrie Irving's too low. And the media, I get, they don't like Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They don't like how he deals with them. They don't like what happened on social media. Dude, if you watch basketball, you cannot tell me Kyrie Irving's been so impactful for the Nets, even with KD out. He has been playing at an unbelievably high level. Uh-huh. To have him at 26? I know. That's disgusting. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And no matter how you feel about Kyrie and where he's brought his team to another level, especially when KD wasn't playing, um, it's it's quite low. There's some there's some that are just like, uh, oh, what are you watching Eastern Western Conference more than the other? I got questions. So then we keep moving on. You go down the twenty seventh. You should probably wait. I would because I, okay. re- I there's a lot I would love to break down about this, and I feel like if we go now, um, we're just not going to have enough time before the break. All right, we'll talk about where Fox lands on the Ringer's top one hundred list. We got mm-hmm. Anthony Slater coming up at one today, and the Kings play the Spurs tonight in a game that. Morgan is more nervous about than me, apparently. What? Like okay. I, I'm jinxing is... things because I was wondering if the beam was actually already lit. Do you think could you see the beam if it was lit right now? Do you think or is it too light? No, it's no, I bet you the beam It's powerful enough the to the beam is that powerful. Okay. What if Okay. You don't think they should turn it on like right at tip off tonight? You're awful human being. You're awful. And you're jinxing the world. Because <laughs> it will still be a little bit light out, so you won't be able to see it all. Okay, so Chris... you're saying like at six? Yeah, so like at sunset. Yeah. You both of you. Awful. Humans. Awful. Yeah, people are trying to run. Oh, the Kings won? You check the score, and they're like down 15. And be like, no, no, no. And then everyone blame Dr- Deuce and Chris. Blame Deuce and, and Chris. And that's how me and Deuce get fired yes. from the team. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll, uh, we'll have more coming up. We got to get to the rest of this top 100 list. No, we're not going all over top 100. Duh. But we got to talk about some of the more some more of the surprises. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. 
is Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Yes, it is. It's hour number two. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. We are live and local. No, you're not getting some tape delayed national show where they're mm-hmm. going. Hey, coming up in five minutes, we're going to tell you uh, Tom Brady's top five moments in the NFL. I'll give you my list. What's yours? Hit us up. We're not going to no. do that? No, we're not. Actually, Aww. I did want your top five list of Tom Brady moments. No? You don't oh, have one prepared? Um, when uh, him and when Giselle dumped his ass. Um, oh. When, oh, it's okay. that cannot be. In all fairness, you should show some respect to him today. And you did. I'm going to give you love. Thank you. you. Thank you. I we did. did put out a poll question on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sackdown Sports 1140. The poll question was what, Morgan? Do you care about Brady's retirement? Um. Sixty-six percent of people say no. I'm over it. Thirty-four percent say, "Yeah, he's the goat, man. He's it's, the goat." It's just one of those days where it's like, it's a Wednesday. Tom Brady announces his retirement, and it's no knock on him. Yeah, it's yeah. just everything that went on. I put it like this: It's like your grandma. You're being told your grandma died. This and exact, then, so just, then you're feeling like, oh my gosh, all this grief, you're processing, and it's like, no way, actually, she's not dead, she's just, you know, like, uh, a vegetable or something, and then so you're like, oh, I already processed that she's gone, and then, so then you wait a whole nother year, and then they announce finally that she's actually dead, what? and then it's like, oh, okay, well, I already processed it, it happened last oh year. At what point did you realize that was a bad metaphor? <laughs> Morgan, you, it's amazing. You you mentioned this with Jason uh, at yeah. the end of his show. Yeah, yeah. And you brought it back. It, the second time you sang it, it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, I it, still think I would be sense? pretty heartbroken if that was my grandma. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. Really? At all. You process it twice? Well, what if your grandma's not no, nice? No, it, it, okay, it, so, no, no, all right. I forgot about that grandma. This story doesn't make sense at all, though. It just doesn't add up. There's nothing that relates. It's just like... You're, you're, it's such a... Well, Tom, it does relate. Tom Brady is doing a movie with a whole bunch of old ladies that are grandmas. There you go. Tie-in. Oh, 80 for Brady. 80 there. for Brady. <laughs> Do you think how he does it, like how we sell the, the likes, hey, guys, let's get to 150, 125. What if he's like, hey, if this movie gets to $200 million, might come back to the 200? NFL. 200 <laughs> If it gets to like two hundred dollars, it would be a miracle. Oh that movie's God. gonna be terrible. It costs like twenty six dollars just to rent movies like that. Uh, for those in the chat on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports eleven forty, let's get to two hundred. We are just a few away from two hundred. We got a lot to get to this hour. Kings and Spurs tonight. Um, we're also going over the Ringers' top 100 player list. Where do they have the Kings? Uh, Sabonis was ranked at number twenty three. You had to scroll down, down, and you find De'Aaron Fox coming in at number twenty-eight. Where do you? How do you feel about Fox at twenty-eight? I feel like that's pretty fair. When I, I first heard that we had two Kings players in the top thirty, in the top thirty, even I, it was like that's great, that's exciting. You start seeing the list, you read their criteria, and just how it says uh, players making an impact right now. You can't deny De'Aaron Fox's impact in a game, especially when it matters most. And when it matters most is in the end of a game, right? Now we're, we're seeing these games where he's consistent throughout four quarters, but in the end of a game, that the fact that you can depend on him, he's clutch, all those things have to come into play over some of these guys with worse records than the Sacramento Kings that are above him. I feel like Fox will just never get the love he deserves unless... He hits the three at a higher rate. 
like from the general NBA community. Yeah. Because he's at 33% right now, but he's averaging 24 points a game, six assists. He's also averaging a career high in rebounds at 4.3, a career high in field goal percentage at 50%, and a career best 70, just under 79% from the free throw line. I, I just, I, I see Halliburton at 21, and I'm like, Look, I'm I'm a big Tyrese guy. I yeah. like Tyrese's game, and I think he's on track to be a really special talent in the league. Totally. And I think on one hand, you look at what the Pacers have done since he's been gone, it maybe helps his case even more. I just have a tough time going, oh, he is clearly ahead of Sabonis and Fox. I, I think that... But I guess, I guess people just fall in love with, like, hey, he could pass and he can shoot. And I think Fox gets knocked down a peg by people in this NBA community because he doesn't shoot the three consistently. Well, and I'm reading a little bit more of the breakdown that they have next to De'Aaron Fox. And they put, it's unfair to put all the Kings' woes on their best players' inability to shoot threes at a consistent rate. But that shortcoming hasn't exactly helped them turn things around. Um, so there's a lot of good things about Fox. Uh, there's some things that they still put on him and they put on Domas Sabonis. And I also think it's the reputation that the Sacramento Kings have had over the years. And it shouldn't matter. That shouldn't matter at all, especially with where the Kings are at. And like Sabonis, he should be higher. Sabonis is, if the season ended today, he's on all NBA center in this game. And that means you're a top 15 player in the league. So for him to be at 23 doesn't make well, sense. Well, let's take a look at that. You look at the top, in the top 15. He's ahead of Anthony Davis. In my, that's my point. Anthony Davis does not stay on the floor. If AD stays on the floor this year, that's different. Let's just, and you put AD, you put Zion, and this is in the top 15. You put Joel Embiid, um, and then Giannis, I mean, whatever, but Jokic, right? You look at the conversations that we've had around Domas Sabonis and even him being, wow, Top five MVP conversation. That's not only us saying that. Like, that is something that has just been, like, put out there because of his impact. That is only where I get to this list and I go, that doesn't show what those conversations have been showing. We also have an update. Oh, what? (gasps) We've reached. The streak continues. Every show we have done since returning. We have reached 200 thumbs up on the YouTube page. Maybe it's a Thank you so much for the support. The YouTube chat is firing right now. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the thumbs up button because all it does is help the channel grow so more people see that we're going live and local all day long. You guys are amazing. We we also talk to the people at 1-800-920-1140. Like our guy, Nick. Wouldn't be a show if Nick didn't call in. What's up, Nick? What's up, Dusamo? How are you? We are good, man. What's going on with good. you? Uh, well, I do want to see the Kings light the beam tonight, and we're going to have to win this game tonight. Beat the Spurs. Why not light the beam? Do you think the Kings can beat the Spurs by 10 points? Spurs, Spurs are some losers. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, 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 Nick. What do you think, man? Do you think it's even going to be close tonight? Uh, Spurs are 14 to 37. They stink. They stink. He's not. He's talking smack, dude. Find the lie. Find the lie. He's not lying. Nick doesn't lie. Spurs will. Spurs will get blown out by us. Okay. Why not blow out the Spurs? Why not, man? Nick, I do want to ask you this because I know you're going to have an opinion on it. Oh. 
Uh, how do you feel about Tom Brady retiring? Uh, pretty. Oh, oh, I'm okay about it. I mean, Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady. Uh, I think Tom Brady needs to retire because you know he's been playing for a long time. Yeah, yeah like go away, point. right? Yes. Yeah, I All like right, that, Nick. Nick. Good analysis. All right, Nick. Well, I appreciate you checking in. You gave me more confidence, even more confidence about this game against the Spurs tonight. At Deuce, Emma, we'll see you on night chat tonight. See right? you on night chat. We will see you tonight. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later, man. All right. Why not? Like to be. Why not, Nick? The best. You feel a little more confident here, Nick? You know, you know what's funny? Usually we only hear Nick after games. Um, hearing him before games. It's healthy. Yeah, it does give me a little bit more confidence because he's so right. It's so simple. Why not beat the Spurs? Because they stink. Something that I wanted to do today, though, I think we owe. Hear me out. We? I think we. Yes, I think we. NBA Kings. I'm talking to Kings fans, too. I think we do owe the officials an apology for the other night. And no, no, we spent a lot of the show. You don't walk out of here, Morgan. Don't walk out of here. Get here now. Come here. We're talking about this. We pile on the officials when they mess up, okay? Correct. Too much. I, I went to straight to social media to slam the officials the other night. That's right. I thought Jade uh, McDaniels, he did a river dance, as someone said, right? Our guy Steven said. The NBA last two-minute report I indicates that McDaniels did not travel on the play where he hit the three. And I went back and watched the video that was with the set, that, that, that review. I don't think he traveled. <clears throat> you and ready? I think it's fair that we apologize no. because we jumped them, Morgan. No. We're, you're wrong. And we, it, no. was, it no. was bad. Go to the two-minute report because I love this. I love this. Deuce. This is what's happening right now. One, you're being manipulated by the officiating crew, okay. by okay. the okay. NBA officials right now. What is this? Conspiracy theory. Yeah, music. yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good. What is this? Yeah, I like it. Okay, so one, manipulation. Okay? Two, you're falling for their, I'm the victim. We're going to have sleepless nights. Feel bad for us. Say sorry. Say sorry. No. Here's the last thing. McDaniels, their description of the travel compared to what actually went down were two different things. I, I disagree. Just for the record, they the league says that McDaniels establishes his left foot as his pivot foot and legally lifts his right foot. That is correct. He did that. He did that in this. If you guys go back, he had his left foot, the pivot foot, established it yeah. and had his right foot lifted that's fine. And I don't think it slid, Morgan. I think no, he, he his was left on. He spun. foot slid. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. And anyone that is an official out there, you can call in because a whole bunch of officials are probably listening right now. You can tell me if for some reason there is a rule about momentum and a foot sliding and that actually not being a travel. But it is deemed a travel in every level of this sport. I, I don't think it was. I watched the review. I don't think he slid. I think he was on his pivot and it, it I could see how you would be deceived by that. He No, and this is the other thing. This is the other thing. He established that left foot as his pivot foot, slid it when he thought he was going to swing it to the corner, but great defense by the Kings stopping him from swinging it to the corner. So he slid it. His momentum is going one way where his toe slides and then he comes back into shooting motion to shoot. 
It's a travel, so, and the refs are manipulating you. So just to be clear, just to be clear, the NBA's last two-minute report, which acknowledges when they get missed calls in the game, and by the way, acknowledge that they missed a call in overtime uh-huh. where Trey Lyles got fouled Correct. when it was 114-108 with a minute 38 to go. They're going to acknowledge that, but they're not going to acknowledge that they missed a travel. And this is some giant conspiracy. This isn't, a, this isn't AI that figures out what went down in the two-minute report. It's just like when Bill Kennedy goes to the goes over to the replay monitor during a game, and there's actually a foul, but he still has too big of an ego and has to say, unsuccessful challenge, it's still going to remain so-and-so's ball. It's the same thing. There's still human error to it, I, and I that is wrong. Slid. I don't think it slid. It slid. Okay. Well, you can apologize to the refs. Refs? Yeah, I, I'm not I, I will be the that. better person. And I don't appreciate someone in the chest saying, is Deuce being paid by the refs to say this? Yes! <laughs> How much they get you for, huh? Uh, JG says, we won the game. I moved on. Refs always screw us. The refs have screwed the Kings a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, let's check in real fast with Alex. What's up, Alex? Hey, you guys wanted a ref's point of view. Uh, that was definitely a travel. I don't care how they paint that that was definitely a travel oh, just, just and- to be clear hold on alex alex just to be clear just to be clear morgan who's criticizing the officials all the people criticizing how telling me how bad the officials are and a ref calls in and you're gonna believe the ref well right now yeah you let alex what levels have you officiated I, I fish all the way from little kids all the way up through high school and adult league basketball. The there weekend. you go. What division of high school That's, basketball? It, no, it doesn't matter. matter. It no, does. Alex, do not listen to him. You do not have to answer listen, that question. Listen, there's been many times I missed a, a, a travel call, and you know what? You look at it and you go, God, I probably should have called that. Yes. You know, but then you just move on. But they just had the, didn't have the ball to. to Thank you. No, you're right. You're right about that because it was just was it just the sliding of the toe, correct? No, he he changed his pivot foot. No, okay. Well, now I don't know. I don't see. You guys are all confused. He he pivoted on one foot and then lifted up his other foot, which which uh, which uh, establishes two pivot feet, which is illegal. Well, Well, Alex, I appreciate your perspective, man. Thanks for checking in. All right. There's Alex, a former official. He's officiated uh, from, you know, little kids all the way to high school basketball, man. I just, I, I'm just glad it didn't matter. The Kings did get the win. They did it, get it the win. It doesn't matter. It technically doesn't matter. We got so much to get to. It's Deuce and Mo. We're back in 60 seconds, and we always stay live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. In Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and we are live each and every day, Monday through Friday, here on Sacktown Sports. It's getting hot during this break. We're live on the YouTube page. People mm. calling me corrupt because I apparently <laughs> been influenced by the officials in the NBA. I'm just saying one time I don't think they got it wrong. I'm not gonna keep belaboring That's it. That's fine. To- That's fine. Hey, hey, agree to disagree. And I'm just glad it did not impact the Kings. Me too. They won the game. I'll give you that. I'll but give you that. Some of these calls have impacted. I think the biggest thing with officials that need it does need to be talked about more in the NBA, they're in a weird transition period, I think. And I think it's because they've had a lot of long-term officials retire over the last couple of years. I mean, even someone like Ken Maurer, and this was public, uh, he didn't he did not want to get vaccinated. Yeah. And so he left the NBA. Ken Maurer had been an official for a long time in yep. this league. And 
I, I don't know how many others did because of that or others who were just like, yeah, I'm ready to retire. They had a lot of longtime officials. So now you're asking like officials who probably aren't completely ready to be in the bigs. Absolutely. They go from calling – they're officiating a G League game in front of, let's be honest, 300 to yep. 1,000 people maybe. The stakes aren't as high. You don't have crowds on you. And the crowd that are a G League game, they're not going at the officials. You come to the NBA, this is the big league. You got LeBron. You got Jason Tatum. This is it. Stars everywhere. You got 17,000 people on top of you. They're all yelling. They already don't like you when you walk through. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just acknowledging – that I think this the NBA is in a really tough spot right now, and I don't. I also don't think it's something they want to acknowledge as a league. I think they're so focused on no, we don't want to acknowledge it's in a bad spot because we don't want people not to trust the game. But the reality is, they're trying to get people experience at the highest level, yeah. and that's a real challenge to do. And then, big picture wise, there is a ref shortage in our country because nobody wants to be an official. Why would you want to look be? at what happens in youth sports at soccer games, Disgusting. football games, umpires to basketball officials? It's tough. Yeah, I mean, think about it. At that level, you don't even make enough money, and then you get to the next level. Let's just say the next level besides college. Just you go to G League, even, and even in G League, you're your schedule, the way that you travel, all of that is just insane. So then when you do become an NBA referee, sure, you're getting paid. Obviously, that is backing it up. It's making it all worth it. Um, but getting to that level, you're having that shortage of people developing and, and evolving with the game as well. But also I want to go to, you mentioned it, you got all these big stars, LeBron. Um, I mean, who I say LeBron and that's it. You know what I mean, Katie, whoever you want to go with, right? A lot of these officials are younger and you think oh. about you think about them growing up in basketball most likely because they are a basketball official and you're going to idolize and and enjoy and have your biases towards some of these players. It shouldn't play a part, but because we are in a different world where, you know, it's just everywhere on your social media, on your TV, um, personalities and everything, you might not like someone or you might love someone and then you might alter your call. Also, I see, and I, I think it's less about that because I think officials, I you, you maybe don't get, but what I would bring up the point of this, the intimidation factor. Morgan, when you first there got into go. the broadcast business yeah. and you had to interview Chris Weber for the first time. Oh, God. I, there was I, like, oh, my God, I'm nervous. This is a lot, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have that in you. Yeah. Where now, you've been doing this for a long time. If Chris Weber came in, this it would not be a big deal. We just chop it You up. need the reps of yeah. dealing with it. You're asking these officials to get real-time reps now, and that is a significant challenge. Also, I just want to let everyone know we would not just chop it up. I would still feel something, but at the same time, you're exactly right, though. It's the experience that allows me to, although I may still feel something, I'm going to still do a better job because I've had those other moments. I've had those reps. I've had the experience. So, yeah, it's it's a tough situation, not only for the league to be in, but also when you look at, these officials and you just humanize the situation for a little bit it, it's sad i don't I, I i mean you hear some bad times where there's like weird people out there and there's just weird people out there that are like threatening them and like putting yeah, their yeah, addresses yeah. out there that's just weird it goes to another level that happens everywhere in life though unfortunately appreciate you guys being with us uh each and every day and spread the word i appreciate you guys in youtube too let's hit that thumbs up button Let's keep it growing. I don't appreciate Brent, to oh, be honest. What did Brent do? A radio show on YouTube? This is awesome. 
Was oh. That, no, 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 was, that, was that a shot? No, that's a compliment. How many times? How, I, Morgan, how many times do I have to say this is not a radio show? You're going to have to. Here's the thing. Can I be honest? I'm going to be honest for a yeah, second. Please. We are in this world right now where radio still, people haven't evolved the definition of radio. And that's something that we have wanted to do for so long. And it's we're, a show that's on the radio. It's, it's a, on an app. It's on you YouTube. Go. It's just on a different platform. It doesn't mean it's a radio and show. Brent, Brent says it was a shot. You oh, you. Oh, Brent, I swear if I could come through that. I do have You'd a, be sorry. I do have another question for you guys yeah. in the chat. We're oh. talk, we've been talking a lot of basketball today. A, a huge news in the WNBA. Brianna Stewart has left the Seattle Storm and is headed to the New York Liberty. And it's a big deal, right? They just formed a super team in New York. A super team in, with the Las Vegas Aces. You got uh, Candace Parker going to the Aces. They just won the championship. But here's my question for basketball fans out there. Uh-huh. Today... We are celebrating. I go on social media. I'm watching NBA Today. Everyone is talking about, oh, this is so awesome. Brianna Stewart is going to the Liberty. Mm -hmm. This is great for the league. I can't wait for this matchup, Aces and Liberty. Why is that narrative different in the WNBA? In the NBA, KD leaves to go form a super team, gets blasted. Any other NBA player gets blasted. My point to this is I feel like in the NBA culture, we pick things apart and crap on guys where the WNBA actually celebrates like their, yeah. their athletes and the excitement in their game. It's just a weird thing that I noticed. It's it, like if this happens in the NBA, it's a big story, but people are like, what? Like Stephen A is going off about it or yeah. Skip A. It's like a, a ring huge, chaser. Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. No. And for Stewie, who is one of the best iconic basketball players in our world, not just in women's sports. Um, it's a huge story, and it's a huge day for the New York Liberty. I mean, you had KD on a podcast talking about, like, Stewie, come to New York, because he knew what that meant not only for New York but for uh, the W. And it is interesting to see how we do celebrate these moves for these athletes. Thank goodness yeah. we do. Like women's sports do not need any more people crapping on them for any stupid reason. So I'm glad that we do. But when you do look at the NBA and what we do to these men who make these same business decisions for themselves, like we forget to humanize it. It's yeah. like, they're just so on a different level where you're just like, they are object. <laughs> we yell at them. So I just think it's cool that it is being celebrated because it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, look, they got her on NBA today, yep. you know? So it's just one of those things for all of basketball, a great day. All right. We've got Anthony Slater from The Athletic joining us at 1 p.m. We'll be back in a few minutes, but you can always check us out live on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo live on a Wednesday. <laughs> and Mo on your local sports leader. Set Town Sports. Really excited to see what Keegan Murray could do tonight against San Antonio. Maybe another opportunity for him to continue. Were you looking at his numbers in the last seven games, Morgan? No. 
Do you want his numbers in the last seven I games? I want his numbers in the last seven games, please. I know it's super specific. In the month of January, though, he did average six rebounds a game, but I was Ooh. looking at his last seven and was really impressed with what I saw from a rebounding perspective. Mm. From the shooting perspective, we're like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, he's been knocking down his shot at a super effective rate. His last seven games, he's averaging 15.6 points, eight rebounds. On 56% shooting, 24 for 47 from three. That is 51%. Oh, my God. But how about the eight rebounds for a guy that literally got called out by Brown after the Lakers game for not getting one rebound? Dude, the response is real. And that's what you love to see, a coachable guy, right? Someone that's going to take that to heart and be like, I don't want to be called out for this again. How can it make me better? I got to talk to him a little bit after a game about, hey, has Mike Brown and some of the challenges he throws at you, you know, helped you develop? And he talked about how it makes him better each and every day. Are you name dropping there? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to Murray. So I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. When Keegan Murray wins Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. are they going to light the beam? One, uh, I think if he did win Rookie of the Year, they would. I do think they would. Can I be honest, honest, honest? Okay. You, you, so Wait, can you lie about 25%? Yeah, yeah. We just True. take a drink every time we say, can we be honest? That at the first week and a half of this show, we would be we, blacked out. Well, 100%. we are on 11 to 2. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, everyone wants the beam lit whenever something good happens in Sacramento. And I'm like. You want it to happen when something bad happens? No. I only want it to happen with King's wins. Yeah. I think that's what makes it special. Right. I, I agree. Like, I think there is a danger territory that I think we might be going toward at see? some point. So, where but, something in, for example, the Empire State Building. Oh, what are they what are they doing? What are you doing? The Eagles win the NFC Championship game in New York. They light up the Empire State Building. Who is in charge? And I know they've done this stuff over the years. They do it for for sports it's different. Could you imagine if like hey uh the Warriors won it all again. We're going to light the beam for them for California. It's going to actually be like a blue beam, but we're going to light it. Like that's a we're going to make it a thing. When something good happens, we're going to light the beam. No, you're right. Beam is only for King's wins. Not Thank for you. like, hey. Um, Monty McNair signed his contract. People were like, let's light the beam. And I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Let's not. Because then you start lighting it for things Everything. that are like, okay. Oh, great. The beam's lit because some sponsor signed a new deal. Yeah. It's no, We're not going there. We are making it's got a it, point. There's, if, it, if it becomes for other things, it's not special. Yes. Game 82. For some reason, the Kings play the day before. It's okay. not going to happen, but let's just say okay. they're tied for number one spot in the in the West. No. In the West. Okay. The Nuggets lose, making the Kings a number one seed. Like no. they clinch it? They clinch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If we're clinching, no, because that's a win. Like that's You didn't win a game for that. You just but another you team. But you, you did win games to do No, that. but another team won the game, and then you're lighting See, the beat. Now, now you're getting ridiculous. This is why you just take it for the oh, Kings oh, wins. Oh, really? So, Morgan, again, hear what he said before you jump on it. You're, you're, I'm so focused on wins. The Kings are the number one seed in the Western Conference. Correct. So when they clinch, if if they clinch a playoff spot, yeah. if they clinch a playoff yeah. spot and they and they don't win a game to do so, if someone else loses, you don't light the beam for that. What? Again, we're getting into that same territory. No, it's not. It's about the Kings. The whole point is it's about Kings only. Kings wins. If they make the playoffs, you light the beam. That's it. You clinch it. You, you clinch number one. You light the beam. It's Kings related. I'm not saying for random things. 
Yeah, chat, help me out here, please. You, oh yeah, please. yeah. Let's just uh, let's just light the beam for every every little success. How, how, it, uh, how it, that now you, that's ridiculous. I, I think that's what we've I think what we've established. Stupid. We need to get together with the beam, beam table lighter? to make to make a beam round table of sorts to write everything down. This is true. In this situation, this is what happens. Yeah. In this situation, this is what happens. It's it's very much like a very important button in this world where it's like. You got to pick and choose yeah. when it can actually be pushed. So those times are not the times, in my opinion. After a win, that's what it's for. Clinching a playoff spot. You is know, nuts. you know, that's where it starts. No, and then it, it would, doesn't. It's, you know that's it. about mm-hmm. winning, though. That's all it's about. That's my whole point. It's about winning. We're not this talking guy. about doing it for random things that happen. This uh, Pike's places it only wins. Uh, someone says, "Light the beam after every basket." <laughs> Bing, bing, it's bing. just on and okay, off. That would be great. Someone like watching. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> is it two or three? It's been lit seventy five times here in the first half. We're good. Oh man, um, fast break podcast says I don't think the Kings should light the beam for going to the playoffs, but they definitely need a parade. Oh, uh, I like All right, it. Let's uh, check in with Chase. What's up, Chase? How you guys doing? Oh, we're good. good. We're getting, I mean, obviously, it's getting hot in here. We're going at it. Uh, in fact, someone in the chat was saying bad acting, as if me and Morgan were acting in that situation. Oh, like we, we planned it. This show scripted, apparently. Yes. Uh, we're good, man. What's going on? Yeah. Um, I'd just like to say, man, if we lose tonight to the Spurs, <laughs> I'm blaming Deuce Mason because you said that the Kings would win because the Spurs are so terrible. And the one thing I've learned after being a fan for the last decade, never – let, never assume the Kings are going to beat bad teams because they always let you down for it. Great perspective. A little negative, but I okay. like it. What? So, what? I, we've all, eh, some people haven't who listen to us. Most people have seen Men in Black, right? Yeah. You know the whole like memory thing? We all you know flash it. in front of well, your you face and yeah. you lose your what happened yeah. before? That's what you guys need to do about previous Kings years because previous years have nothing to do with this team. This team is not the same team. There's different players. There's an entirely new coaching staff. They have a sample size of 49 games where they're really good. It's okay now, guys, to say that they should win a game tonight. It's It's okay to say that. Wait, who's our caller? What's his name? Chase. Chase? No, and here's the thing, though, where I I go with Chase, because I'm not even going with, like, other regimes and other teams and why. That's why my, my mindset is this way. It mostly is this way because we haven't seen it for an entire season, an entire consistent season. So once we see it for an entire consistent season, we can give that team that identity move forward with everything and be like oh yeah this team last year beat all of the teams that they were supposed to be or most of the teams they were supposed to beat so now we know what they're capable of right now we still don't know exactly what this team is capable of what we saw on saturday against the minnesota timberwolves in that loss compared to their win against the t-wolves we saw some great response but we also don't know what they can do sometimes against a team in a first game when they just come in not ready so I hear that, and most of their disappointing losses have been at home. Their record against teams under 500 is outstanding. Great. I, yes, absolutely. And that's a great just, stat my whole, to have. My point is like, I'm not saying you walk in, oh, for sure you'll win a game. But there are games now because of how this team has put things together where you could say, yeah, they should win that game. Like, they should win tonight, right? Like, they should beat the Pacers. They should beat a struggling Pel. They, they, honestly, they should win the rest of the games on this road trip. They, they should. And one more thing, though, because to your stat, 
about the teams under 500 and them beating teams under 500. You look at games like against the Sixers when they're not a team under 500, but they're a team that were missing two of their main guys and the Kings still lost. And they're still a good team, sure. But then you see a team like the Memphis Grizzlies as well. Still a good team, but missing two of their main guys that make them a good team and they lost that game. So that's where that stat obviously is a little gray. I disagree with that. Okay. Well, thanks, Chase. Chase, appreciate you, man. You guys are the best. And I would also like to say, if they, if that were the case, then they wouldn't have lost teams like Charlotte, Atlanta, and Washington at home with okay. losing no, no. records. No, no, you're not going to do it because I already referenced those games, Chase, as you try to throw this one in at me. Yeah, hey, I'm open for a win tonight. Chase, but if they Chase, don't win, hear me out. It's your fault. It's your hear fault. me out. Hear yeah. me out. A couple of things. Yeah. I didn't say they were undefeated against teams under 500. They've had disappointing losses. They're going to because they're not a perfect team. But they have, for the most part this year, taken care of business against teams that are under 500. And they should tonight. And if you want to blame me tomorrow, blame me. But guess what? I am not the players out there playing the game. If you believe in sports jinxes, I can't help you. Then you're just a little kid believing in little jinxes. Little jinxes. Don't listen to him, Chase. I still love you, Chase. It's not done. It's not done. It's not. It's not bad. It's just, you know, pessimism over years. But I totally get it. And I hope they win tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Chase. We all do. I appreciate you checking in. All right. We'll talk more of you guys coming up. Anthony Slater joins us in about 20 minutes. It's Deuce. It's Mo. It's on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, we are live. Morgan Reagan, do we have an update on our poll question from earlier today about if people actually care about this Tom Brady retirement announcement? Where, where are we at with the poll? So do you care about Brady's retirement? Okay. We got, yes, he's the GO at 37%, and no, I'm over it at 63%. He's a Northern California guy. You We're guys over it. You guys don't care? Team Giselle, baby. The best part about him retiring. Yeah, the best with... Is that we can stop the like Brady Niner stuff? Agree because it was gonna linger. Can like, we? yeah, you Ooh. think? Could you imagine? It's like Shanahan saw the video today. He's like, whoa, 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 Tom, Tom, Tommy, uh, wait, 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 wait. You didn't see, but hey, FaceTiming. Uh, yeah, that's right. he's not answering. We have to talk to him. Purdy's got the UCL. Trey Lance is coming back from a second surgery. We may need him. I do think it's just good that that is over. Now, the 49ers are still going to have a quarterback thing going into the season because of Purdy's injury, uh-huh. and Trey Lance is still there. Both those guys talked yesterday, and I, they were both super supportive of each other, even though that's got to be awkward. Like, if you're Trey Lance, they gave up everything to get me. You're In your eyes, you're like, I'm the guy. Yeah. This is going to be my team now. Like, yeah. I am... I've got weapons around me. I've got a legit defense. I'm a young quarterback with this offensive genius with Shanahan. And now it's like in serious doubt because of Brock Purdy. And that's what's bizarre. You know, it's when you look at sports and you look at football compared to a game like basketball, right? Like guys are still somewhat going to get their opportunity. You got to go to your bench. You're going to get a few minutes here and there, whatever. In football... You don't get that opportunity at quarterback unless the next guy truly is down, something is wrong, whatever. So it is very unique that this is happening again in San Francisco. But at the same time, 
I think every time as sports fans and as people that consume NFL, it's um it happens everywhere it seems like right it just seems a little bit more dramatic in Niners land because it feels very consistent like over every the year years. every year yeah. happens. Yes. yes and now and now this is even a more unique situation with these two young quarterbacks and what the hell's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo now it's just it's weird but I'm happy that these two can empower one another and still you know be supportive I have a major problem with this poll what? yeah why I'm I'm pretty upset with the YouTube why? right now We've had 326 votes yeah. on this poll question. Yeah. Only 254 likes. Great point. Oh, my God. Hit the so thing. you're voting, oh, yeah. but you're not hitting the thumbs yeah. up? It just helps us grow. Hit, the, hit thumbs the thumbs up, up if you hate Tom Brady, too. Yeah, everybody. You know? like, if you like him, you can, too. But yeah. yeah, or Team Giselle. Yeah. Hey, we have a, the NBA trade deadline's coming soon. February 9th. We're eight days away from the NBA's Hello. trade deadline. You want some new rumors today? Yes! I give you a little DMZ action today. Can you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got some new, fresh NBA rumors. It's time for DMZ! Uh, Keith Pompey, who covers the Sixers, okay. has this. Thibel no longer untouchable! <laughs> um, We knew the Kings were interested, but a new team in the mix interested in Matisse Thibel. The Golden State Warriors. Warriors. That's interesting. Yeah. So a, a team that's trying to work on playoff positioning, trying to get some veteran help. Huh. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and for them, what's so interesting is that. Or they can't play him and Draymond together on the floor. Can you imagine the spacing with those two guys? Well, you know how we keep on talking about a backup big for the Sixers, and we're like, oh, yeah, you got Rashawn Holmes. Wiseman's going to be that for the I, Sixers? Now, what I'm saying about Wiseman, because when I listen to other like Warriors podcasts and everything, and they do talk about in-trades, it, it always sounds like, obviously, they want to find a way to put Wiseman somewhere else, right? Like, find a trade for him. At the same time, um, you don't know what he can accomplish, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen here. I think for another team, maybe you feel like you can get that out of him. We called games with him in the G League. We know, I mean, you can see why he's a unique big, but there's so much that he's lacking at the NBA level when it comes to defending the pick and roll, when it comes to just really having a feel for the game and confidence. The Warriors are in a situation where they want to win now, and they can't. They haven't found the line of oh, we got to develop young guys while at the same time try to win. They can't deal with the mistakes, right? They could deal with a rookie like Keegan Murray come mm-hmm. in and just fit perfectly in and just not try to do too much. With Wiseman, you just talk about in the pick and roll getting exposed and not being focused defensively. Like. They don't have the time to wait. Imagine yeah. if they would have drafted Halliburton or, or LaMelo. Oh, we all... They had the number two pick. Dude, Dude. They, they messed it. They messed with it. But at the same time, they just thought they were going for a unique big. Next up on DMZ. Colin staying put in Atlanta? Ooh. I, I don't buy this story. Okay. You think this is Listen like... Listen to the spin okay. on okay, this. Okay, okay, okay. The new front office uh-huh. has sought to send the message that it has a different view of John Collins than its predecessor's and to be honest, they're comfortable going forward with him as a hawk beyond the trade deadline. Yeah, one league source stressed to me that trade scenarios will continue to be explored until the deadline. Indiana, New Orleans, and Utah are among the teams that have expressed interest in the Hawks' big man, John Collins. So it feels like the Hawks been trading, trying to trade John Collins the second they like got him. Like, okay, let's trade this guy. 
Uh, they gave him a new deal. They have a new front office now, right? Mm-hmm. Landry Sham, Landry Shamit, Landry Fields is go. running the front office. Very inexperienced. They bring in Kyle Korver. It's a new group. They got the owner's son involved. Like it's weird dynamics, and they're trying to spin. They actually want to keep John Collins now. Come on. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of a spin job to convince teams like you. You gotta. You got to pay up if you want John Collins, which is feels like it's been the narrative over the years. But you look at that. I think it was the 2020 season when he had his best season of his career. And then you just seen the way that that's dropped. And not only because of him, his injuries. We looked at that photo of his finger and where his finger is at. (laughs) Do me a favor. If you're at your desk right now, you're on your phone. Hopefully not after you've eaten. Yeah. Yeah. Search John Collins' finger. And you're going to be like. Why is he only shooting 26% from three when he's been a good three-point shooter? Look at his finger and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, he needs maybe, like, to get that finger operated. I don't know. It just doesn't look right. And he's still, like, a guy that's averaging a little under 14 points a game, a little under eight rebounds a game. You know, like, it's just not the numbers that he was putting up in that 2020 season. So you've seen all these little things from health um, to not – being able to find his rhythm with Trey Young, who is very ball dominant out there on the floor. And then you go to the coaching staff, and that also seems like it's been something that we've heard about in the locker room hasn't been the best for these players. So I do believe that his price should be high, but I also believe that the Hawks are still willing to make a move if they can get the right pieces back. All right, we'll have more DMZ coming up in a bit. Let's check in with Roman. What's up, Roman? Hey, Deuce and Mo, what's going on, guys? What up, Roman? How are you? Hey, I'm good. Uh, so we're talking trades, you know, Tybal, Collins, Vanderbilt, whoever. I was wondering, you guys are the Stockton Kings experts. Uh, how much do you think we can get from, like, internal development? Um, mm. You know, what are we looking for from Deontay Burton on this 10-day? And, and how do we get Keon Ellis minutes? I want to see some Keon Ellis minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the Keon Ellis dynamic because – He's been really productive in the G League, Morgan. Like, not only with his defense, which we knew he could do, but the three-point numbers have been really, really strong for him. I'm pulling him up right now because last time I checked, I think it was like 42. Mm. Let's see. Uh, no, he, in, in 13 regular season games during the regular season portion, they had the Showcase Cup portion first. Showcase, showcase Cup play in 12 games, he shot 35%. But over this stretch of the regular season, he is shooting 44% from three on four and a half attempts a game. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know if they're just kind of viewing him as a long-term guy, maybe someone they focus in next year with the squad. But I think I've seen enough that I go, there's something there. The biggest thing maybe is can he handle the physicality at the next level, Morgan? Yeah, maybe it's the size. But either way, I think he has a good feel for the game. I think when you look at the way that his shot is developing, like there's potential there. And we want to keep seeing internal development. So I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I also see when we see Mimi Keita and Keon Ellis play in the G League, we just want to see even more dominance from them. Because when you're seeing that at the G League level, then you know that they can bring at the NBA level. But Keon's shooting has been really strong. I think his defense has been too. So I think he could definitely be a guy that can help. As far as Deontay Burton, I don't know. Like, I, I think he started the season hurt for Stockton. And he's played in the league. I think they're trying to reward a guy who has been just such a good positive guy in Stockton. 
He's six four, but he's got a seven foot wingspan or close to a six. Uh, I think it's six eleven, seven foot wingspan. Yeah. Long, super athletic. It's like why not take a look at a guy? You have an open roster spot. It expires right before the deadline. They'll have another open roster spot after that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we get some defense because, uh, man, it's it's getting old watching the. Oh, what about defense and time? What about Minnesota? That game against Minnesota mm, last come game. Come on now, fun. come on now. I, pre- uh, I was still. I, I threw my remote a couple times on those Chemezi Metu closeouts. Oh, uh, yeah. I appreciate you checking in, man. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. It's not. Uh, Coming up next, do not go anywhere. Mm -mm. One of the best NBA guys in the planet joins us. Anthony Slater from The Athletic will join us. We'll talk about the NBA trade deadline just eight days away. Could the Kings do it? Let's see what they do. We'll talk to Anthony straight ahead on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Moe. Deuce. On Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes, we are live. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Second week of the new show, the new daily show. We did it. Oh, it's not all the way down to the oh. second week. Well, we're almost there. Times last week, we were like, are we going to make it through this? <laughs> yeah. This is a lot. But we're here for now. I'm yeah. just kidding. We're not going anywhere. No, I just need to learn how to get a shower in there, you know? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> crucial. Woo. All right, stop wasting time. Let's okay. go to someone we love. He's one of the premier NBA voices and NBA journalists on the planet. You read his work in The Athletic. He's the one. He's the only Anthony Slater. What's up, Anthony? What's up? How are you guys enjoying the uh, what the afternoon life? It, you know, it, the, the time slot, great. Great the, question. The balancing 800 other things, you know, it's been kind of a challenge. But it's like, also, we're here having fun talking. Yeah. So what's... You can't complain too no, much, right? No, no, it's fun. It's just, um, you know, when you just try and figure out some other things, it's like, whoa, this uh, was a lot more than I thought. But at the same time, we're talking sports, and we have great people like you joining us, so thanks. And, like, you do a lot of things. I could not believe, like, last week, was it was like a week and a half ago, I was talking to you before a game, you are mentioning you're doing a piece on Harrison Barnes. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll look forward to reading that in a few weeks, maybe, yeah. maybe next week. yeah. I'm going to bed at one o'clock in the morning. The piece is out. I'm like, this guy's insane. He's doing podcasting, doing breakdowns on the athletic. I'm like, how how do you do it? I sleep in the afternoons, oh. basically, so, right? I mean, that's wow. that's the uh, NBA lifestyle. Uh, but no, I mean, I like to if I get something fresh, I like to get it out fresh because sometimes cool. I feel like conversations or reporting. I mean, you guys know how quick the league can move. What is the NBA going to look like two weeks from now yeah. compared to today? You know. Especially these two weeks, right? Dude, I I don't know. We talked to Sam Amick last week, and he goes, I expect some fireworks the week of the trade deadline. As we inch closer and closer, do you anticipate that it's it's going to be maybe bigger than we think? Is this the calm before the storm? I mean, it depends on, like, what you describe as fireworks, you know? Like, NBA junkies view, like, the Rui Yachimura trade. Like, whoa, <laughs> what a blockbuster. And then, you know, you maybe, like, take a, take a longer approach a view to it and you're like eh, i mean you know that's like the lakers seventh or eighth man for some second round picks uh there'll be trades like there's always i bet there's double digit trades on the day oh, i'll take um, it but again they're you know I'm, i covered the warriors a couple of years ago and it was like they traded marquise chris to san antonio into cap space and brad wanamaker into cap space just to clear <laughs> roster spots and it was like wow two warriors <laughs> trades at the deadline but it was like 
you know, basically just waive their 14th and 15th men. And speaking of possible Warriors trades, we're seeing some rumblings out there now um, with Matisse Thibault. I feel like his name's being thrown out with a lot of teams right now. But so The Kings. like Well, with the Kings, too. So now we were just discussing, okay, with the rumbling of, of the Warriors, what would they need to do for it? And then with the Kings, what would they need to do for Matisse Thibault? And are any of these rumors actually valid? Yeah, I think um, particularly with the Kings, I mean, it's pretty obvious what they need, right? Just like some defensive backbone. You know, I I would lean more like rim protector, like Nerlens Noel mm. type that they could use more just for more optionality. Throw a guy out there that can block a shot at the rim. Um, but yeah, wing defense to me, you could argue Casey Akpala is already Matisse Thibel. Matisse wow. Thibel is a little fired by Anthony. Wait, I'm actually shocked that you're saying that. He's been on the all-defensive team twice. Put some respect Uh, on that resume, huh? people would say that's overvalued. He's (laughs) having trouble cracking Doc Rivers' rotation. Yeah. I mean, that is the biggest point you can make is, like, this guy was playing 25 minutes a night, and he's been on the all-defensive team, yet a Sixers team who's trying to win a championship is playing him 12 minutes a night. Yeah, you're not trying to, like, grab Alex Caruso from a Bulls team right now that's, like, you know, crumbling. It's you're trying to grab like they want a you know maybe they they're thinking oh Terrence Davis would be more of a help to a rotation right now mm-hmm. get out there shoot it a little bit you know have some nights it's the one thing is like maybe in a, in a certain playoff series in a certain matchup let's say you get Memphis in round one like you throw Tybal on John Morant for the stretches and that helps it just gives you an extra John Morant defender uh, but at the same time what also happens in the playoffs is. Guys who cannot shoot and cannot score and cannot put the ball on the floor get played <laughs> off the floor. Uh, so it's kind of a, a little bit of a catch-22. I mean, it's the story of Matisse Thibault's career to this point. It's why he has not caught on in Philly. Yeah. No, that's, it's it's all fair, and I could see why there'd be interest there. They're clearly searching for something at that uh, for perimeter defense, maybe a rim protector. You keep hearing Plumlee's name brought up, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It just it feels like a weird trade deadline from the standpoint that you have so many teams that are kind of in the thick of things, especially in the Western Conference, that you have so many buyers. Some of these teams are going, oh, you want Plumlee? Uh, you better give up multiple picks. And I don't know that teams want to do that, give up so much to acquire a, a talent like him. That's why trades don't happen like the week before, right? Because uh, that is the asking price that week out. You know, you're seeing all these reports like, They'd be willing to part with their ninth man for a first-round pick and a good young player or something like that. By the deadline, it is. You know, the Wizards struck early, I think, because they were realistic about Rui Yachimura's actual value. And were like, look, at the end of the day, if we're going to get something done, it is going to be for a few second-round picks. Um, so that, I mean, I could imagine Plumlee should be cheap, uh, considering where Charlotte is uh, and just, I mean, who he is. I mean, he's a backup center. Yeah. Um, the Kings have a plenty of backup centers. He would be the best defender among them. You know, if he's coming in and he's taking Rashawn Holmes minutes, I mean, that's, I don't know. What, what would y'all think about that? I think it makes some sense because they have not found anything at the spot. Although I got to be honest, I know it maybe doesn't work all the time, but I liked what I saw from Trey Lyles at the go small ball five when you have to. And, you and say, it gives you a different look. He could shoot it. He could put it on the floor a little bit. And you say take away from Rashawn Holmes' minutes. It, there, there's yeah. not, you know, there's just not enough being played by him anyway. Like, it's like Coach uh, Mike Brown is, you know, now he was going for Chemeze Metu first, and now he's relying a little bit more on Trey Lyles' last game, showing that trust. And now I'm hoping after showing 
some of that trust toward Trey Lyles. Like, that's the direction he goes in. But at the same time, he was talking about a post game, and he was still talking about Chemeze Metu really being there before Trey Lyles. So I'm not sure what direction they really want to go in. And we know that's one of the positions that they need to fix. But what about... Also, John Collins, that's a name that we keep hearing. We've heard connected with the Kings over the years, but we've heard his name connected with almost every single team in the NBA, right? And you now look at today, the Hawks are saying, oh, no, we want to see if we got a future with him. We're good. We're not good. Is that just their way of um, trying to manipulate the situation? (laughs) I mean, the one thing about the Hawks is, you know, they've, they've threatened in the past, hey, we'll keep him. And they always do keep him. So they might just keep him. He might just play out his entire contract on the trade block. Um, he, I mean, as far as the fit in Sacramento, the Kings looked into it in the off season. And I just, I just think his fit with Sabonis just isn't there. Right. Especially for the price tag we're talking about, you know, that's a, that's a hefty chunk of uh, your salary cap that I, to me, he profiles more as like, you know, maybe like a Utah or like a, you know, a, a team that is, is rearranging the bigger deck chairs right now. The Kings are more friend, you know, some of the fringe rotation pieces, I think, you know, I think the Kings made a really smart move in the offseason saying, you know, I don't know about John Collins. How about Kevin Herter? Yeah. I mean, that was the guy that fit what they wanted to do. So uh, I'm curious to get your perspective on, on Keegan Murray's development. You know, I was just looking at his month of January. The shooting has been really strong, but I think the Kings have to be excited that he's kind of taken on that challenge of improving the rebounding in his last seven games. He's averaging over eight rebounds a game. Um, when you've had a chance to see Keegan Murray, what, what's jumped out to you maybe about his development this season? Well, it's just like an elite shooter. And like the more anytime he's lining up an open or even semi open three, you're like, oh, that's good offense must have produced that because that is a good, that's a high quality, high efficient shot, even if he's missing. What did he just shoot? 49% from three in January? Yeah, it was, it was outrageous. So, uh, I mean, that, that is maybe the most important skill in the modern NBA. And like you can already check that box, uh, you know, halfway through his rookie year. And it, when you talk to people around the league who see him for the first time, the second time, they're all impressed with how big he is, like just mm. tall, lanky as a rookie. Like, man, this guy's already like a legit, you know, size of a, of a modern power forward. Um, and I like the way he's fit with Harrison Barnes. That was a question I kind of had coming into the season was like, you know, are can they make sense in lineups together? Well, you know, they're starting together in, in the Kings best lineup. Uh, he I mean, I have been following like Mike Brown challenging him a little bit. I think what was that like early January? Yeah. So he's playing a little bit more rugged uh the marathon of an nba season can catch up to rookies and you know the dog days hit and suddenly they're just floating out there uh you know and and so i'm not saying he's past that you know you might see another couple weeks where he's just the energy level is not there and i think he a little bit reminds me of like you know i cover andrew wiggins andrew wiggins sometimes has weeks at a time where it's just like he can be kind of floating like sure he gets it open three he might hit it but he's just there are you know, five trips up and down the court where you're like, he's kind of just doing cardio right now. Uh, So there's a little bit of that with Keegan, but I mean, overall, you got to be really encouraged by his season. Yeah. I I mean, I know Kings fans are really encouraged. I know we are as well. Just like you watch his game and um, his ability to play at this level, his rookie year. And I look at what he's, the impact he's making as a rookie. And I think right now you look at the national narrative around possible rookies of the year and it's going straight to Paulo Bancaro do you think I mean if Keegan was to keep this up his name's got to be right there right it'll be in it um you know with Paulo I actually thought Benedict Matherin was like the dark horse early in the season he's 
cooled some. The Pacers, you know, what are they? One and ten. Kings are about to see them. I like the rest of this Kings road trip for them too. By the way, they need to they need to pile up some wins. Um, That's what I said too, Anthony. Honestly, like it, it sounds like Halliburton might come back tonight against the Lakers. So I don't know if he's going to play on the second night of a back to back against the Kings. But I think he's going to want to. I'll say yes. that. Yeah, you would think he would want to, and. Um, yeah, it's Sabonis' first game playing against the Pacers in Indiana, so there's going to be a lot of emotions there. But yeah, this road trip, I'm looking at it going, they should win tonight. You, you, and I'm not saying they're going this. to. Yeah. But you look at how this road trip sets up, you could make the case that, yeah, they should they, they should win the rest of these games. The Pacers team, even with Halliburton, is not a great team. The Pelicans are beyond banged up right now, and you, then you get Houston twice. I'd say three and two is like the floor of what you should expect. Like three and two would be like, all right, you know, four and one, I would say should at least be the goal. And then, yeah, obviously like it's sitting out there for five and oh, but see more just like very difficult, very difficult. Did you not hear our guy, Anthony Slater say very difficult. Like deuce is over here. I think it's hilarious. Tell me if you kind of feel this too, from Kings fans Slater, you're around now so much more and you get the vibe that, the expectations are obviously higher with the Kings, but this road trip, they, they went, they left and everyone's like, they got to come home five and two, or it's a bus or it's a bad road trip. And I'm talking over here, like four and three, I'm happy with four and three. Like it's the NBA. It's still difficult. Yes. I mean, I'm in the middle of one right now and you know, it, it, it gets to you a little bit. And you know, these home arenas, a lot of these, you know, bad teams, where where do they get most of their wins? They get them at home. They get wiped out when they go on the road. But, you know, they, you know, uh, let me look. at What's Houston? I got the standings up right now. Uh, Houston's probably a bad example. Yeah, they're 7-17 and 17 at home. Uh, <laughs> the Indiana Pacers, 16-10 and 10 at home, 8-18 eight and 18 on the road. See? Much harder to beat there. Uh, that's, a you know, obviously an example. The Spurs, very beatable. The Pelicans are interesting. They look, they're, they're obviously tumbling right now. Uh, nine in a row they've lost. But. Did you watch their Denver game last night? I did not. No. I, yeah, they, yeah, it they was on battled, TNT. Right? Um, you know, they they held with a fully healthy Denver team in Denver. Ingram looked better than he's looked recently. I think of the five left on this road trip, that's the one that's going to be the most difficult. Ooh, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. But either way, the Kings are in a position potentially, even if they lose it, like they come back to Sacramento 10 games above 500 and that's pretty significant for this group I'm curious for for you I know we talked before the season about expectations I think most of us were like yeah playing team like they should be pretty competitive and I know you like the Fox a bonus dynamic beforehand um now that we've had we're you know approaching 50 games into the season for the Kings um where has this group surprised you most offensively right I mean they're elite in like a an era of like absurdity from an offensive number standpoint, they are not. What, what are they sitting at today? I know they've been kind of flip flopping like one, two, three. Yeah, I think I think they're number one still. Oh, I, I mean, just that they're in that conversation is the big stunner. And I thought, you know, Fox and Sabonis has a chance to work as a pick and roll pairing. Oh, I like some of the shooters that they've surrounded them with. Um, you know, that could that could be like the eighth best offense. Like I felt, I would have been. Feeling like yeah. I was being overly optimistic, saying like, "Man, it could be seventh, eighth best offense in the league. They're the top offense in the league." So. It's 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 bizarre, yeah, to be sitting here today and actually seeing that. But at the same time, you look too. The Sacramento Kings might have two All Stars. What are you feeling about their their All Star chances coming up tomorrow? 
I think Sabonis should be a lock. Uh, I was I was among the people that put him as a starter just because you kind of let's give it up for Anthony. <laughs> yeah, for, okay. He's not a casual. He watches the game. He understands the impact. Facts. So Thank you. I think he should be a lock, and I would expect him to get in. Fox is more fringe. Uh, I do wonder if you know if like a Devin Booker gets in, if a Zion gets in, then you could just flip Fox maybe on the backside as like an injury replacement. Yeah. You know, sometimes the league does that, so technically, you know. 14 people are all-stars uh but to, yeah fox is sitting probably in that alternates range battling maybe with like lillard and i think shay's more sure to get in than, than fox just considering what shay has done lately and really what the thunder have done lately that's fair the thing with booker is i have not seen him play a game in how long like he has not played in 2023 like i understand he's an all-star level player player and he had and the sons have dropped you know without him yeah. I, I just i just sorry man you don't make the team this year are that, you are you one of those people slater when it comes to like hey the amount of games you're playing yeah i do think games played matters but also i don't know some people are of the argument like look we're best players this this is representative of the era that these players went in and like kevin durant for example okay he's been out for a little bit well this season, when we read about this season and, you know, a decade from now, it shouldn't say Kevin Durant wasn't an all-star. It shouldn't say, you know, Devin Booker wasn't an all-star. But, you know, look, if you're out of the MVP race if you miss a certain amount of games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's why Sabonis, I voted him as a starter. Like, would if you said, is, is Demonis Sabonis one of the five best players in the Western Conference? probably say no but has he been one of the five most important and, and five most deserving over this sample size a, a 49 game sample size which by the way if you care about team winning like everyone in the like so many teams in the west are disappointing yeah um, and his is over you know exceeding expectations so that's why i voted him in so i would be more of the whatever the sample is in front of you you should vote by I'm curious to get your perspective, and I, I've said I'm curious seven times. I'm so glad you interview. noticed that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. going to tell I'm you that later. Guy, I'm a very curious guy, yeah. Anthony. I'm curious. <laughs> He's curious. I'm curious. That's what we call you the cat. Yes. <laughs> um, De'Aaron Fox this season, it seems like he's taken a, a step. You know, the efficiency's improved. Three-point shooting still right around 33%. Not great. Um, what What's jumped out to you about his game this season? I just think, like, the maturity of it um, – the way he's absorbed the the coaching of Mike Brown, I think that set the tone like right away that he was like made it pretty clear. Like I'm all in on this coaching hire. I'm all in on this idea that like we must defend to win, not that they're defending at some elite level, but he's at least taken the Mike Brown like scoldings after, you know, quick timeouts. Fine. Right. He's never complaining about it. He's gone the opposite way. He's embraced it. Uh, so I think that has impressed me. And then fourth quarter scoring, you know, yeah. there's been plenty of games where he's just, it can go either way, and he's just kind of grabbed the game. And that's that's how you become 28 and 21 instead of 21 and 28, essentially. So just he he might be, you know, the best closer in the league so far if you just look at the, the first half of the season. You, you obviously covered uh, Mike Brown pretty close with the Warriors. Um, you're seeing here – as a head coach, um, he's been doing a great job bringing the best out of so many different guys. You know, De'Aaron Fox being one of them, the rookie, Keegan Murray, we were talking about that earlier. Something that we've noticed this season with the Kings is some of his rotations when, let's say, Rashawn Holmes isn't in the rotation, but then Domas doesn't play or something, and he has to 
play a game, does really well. You don't see him the next game. It's really interesting to see Mike Brown's tactics uh, as a head coach. I'm curious if you ever noticed any of that, whether it's here as a head coach in Sacramento or even with just the times that you spoke with him in Golden State. Yeah, well, I think he actually took a lot from Steve Kerr. And one of those things is like Steve Kerr, who was a career, you know, fringe rotation piece. He was more secure at his Bulls days, but a lot of his career was a 10th man, an 11th man, a 12th man. Always believed like it's, and he said he got, you know, Steve got this from Phil Jackson, but it's like throw those guys in once every, you know, once in a while because they need to feel like they're part of the team. They need to just get their juices flowing a little bit. It keeps them more engaged in the season. Um, so I think you, you're probably seeing a little bit of that with Mike. One thing that Steve, sometimes he didn't want to uh, disrupt his bench rotation. So if, if a starter was out, he would throw somebody from more kind of like the back end of the rotation mm. in as like the spot starter. I think you've seen that with. Ocala we have. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's a big thing. Um, you know, he'd do, he'd always do it with like Damian Lee, like Damian Lee would almost not be in the rotation. And then you're like, oh, Damian Lee's starting tonight. We saw that with Terrence Davis. Yeah, Terrence Davis is a great example of that. We're like, oh, he's starting because Monk's out. And it's like, oh, okay. Or not, or Herter was out or whatever. Yeah. And instead of putting Monk in the starting lineup, he's like, I don't want to mess with my second unit. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not wanting to disrupt, you know, the, the flow of the second unit, the sub patterns, but also like, you know, Terrence Davis is kind of a rhythm player at times. Like Terrence Davis, you probably shouldn't just leave him, you know, gathering cobwebs for three weeks because there is going to be a time you need him out there, really need him, and you need him to get hot, and he's going to be like, I'm, I can't be hot. I haven't played a basketball game in three and a half weeks. So there's some of that, I think. All right, we're up against – I have one more for you. This is the one thing about radio. We have to actually take breaks. Um, if you had a prediction – I have a. am going to ask you a prediction. I don't know if you do predictions or not. Some people don't. Sure. Do you think the Kings get in the top six? Like at the end of the season, they are in the top six. Yeah, I think so because Oof. like I don't like the West. Yeah, like I know it's people are like, uh oh, you know these, you know Warriors could be rising soon, and I do think the Warriors are about to hit somewhat of a of a nice patch. But it's like it's soft. Like to me, this is more indicative of not like how dangerous the West could be. It's just like I think they're gonna. A lot of these teams are gonna sit mm-hmm. in that range. Uh, you know, be around five hundred. Uh, Kings could be one of them. Kings could hit a, a rough patch. They need to stay healthy, particularly their two best players need to not miss extended time at all. If, you know, they could miss games here and there. But uh, at this point, I don't know why you wouldn't say yes if you were just – look, I predict based on like, um, I guess, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just like probabilities. And yeah. they've been the third, fourth best team in the West, you'd say, to this point. So I'm not saying it's a sure thing. They are close enough to seven, close enough to eight, nine, ten, really, to fall down if they hit a slump. But I don't know why I would predict some of the teams under them to do. I, I mean, I'm not predicting some Pelican surge right now or or a Portland surge or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be so wild if that happened. I know. Well, Anthony, thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Hopefully we see you soon. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll be out there for one of those Dallas games. Awesome. Sweet. Yes. We'll see you then, Slater. Yep. That's the one and only Anthony Slater from The Athletic. I love his work over there. So check it out so on The good. Athletic. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk more about that. He thinks the Kings could be in the top six, huh? Who would have thunk that, huh? Who would have thunk that? We got so much to get to. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports.
Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. We find out Thursday afternoon if De'Aaron Fox and Omana Sabonis make the all-star team. It would be so sweet. It would be crazy to think mm. that the Kings would have two all-stars. I'm not sure many people would have predicted that before the season, but here we are getting ready for Kings and Spurs tonight. The Kings are sitting at 28 and 21 and a great opportunity in front of them. Can you honestly believe that like they could have two all-stars? No, it, no. It's no. surreal for especially with how a year ago when this trade happened. When did that that trade's almost coming up on the year anniversary? Is it? There's just too much joy that is happening surrounding the Kings this season that it's like hard to process everything. Oh. When was this? I'm sorry. I'm like February Wow. What was it? Was it really February 9th or February 8th? Okay, February 8th. So a week from today is a one-year anniversary of the trade. Whoa. These two teams play again Friday night in Indiana. Tyrese Halliburton could be back for that game. Sounds like he might be back tonight against the Lakers. Um, Sabonis' so first opportunity to face his former team. But, you know, I remember once that trade went down, and I know we've spent so much time talking about the reaction to it, but one of the things that some people brought up who were even rational about it were like, yeah, you know, I know Sabonis has been an all-star, but is he going to actually be an all-star in the West? Like, he may not be an all-star again. Here he is playing the best basketball he's ever played. And in turn, De'Aaron Fox, so many people questioning him after last year. People thought last year should have been his breakout year. It's year five. Like, what's going on? Yeah. This was his year this year, and he has a legit shot to be on the NBA Western Conference All-Star team. I mean, there's a lot of angles you can go about this. It shows that so many players develop at – different stages in their careers at different paces. Um, It shows you how important the situation is. And I think we already know that, but sometimes I think people just don't believe that. There's so many people who still wanted to hate on De'Aaron Fox throughout the season, throughout the years. And I mean, some of it was, I understood, right? It was like, wow, he's not consistent with this. It wasn't like, oh, man, he's getting hurt all the time or anything. It was things that it seemed like he could control. And that's why you saw in this sixth season that it's consistent. It's taken a leap mentally, physically, in so many different directions, but also because the roster has taken a leap in so many different directions. The coaching staff has taken a leap. It all needs to come together to allow there to be this type of success. All that stuff matters, right? It does. Absolutely. And and I think there are too many times we dismiss it like, oh, no, if he's great, he should just be leading this team. It's like, no, you do need the shooting around him, right? He's not a perfect player. He's not a great three-point shooter. Fox, excuse me, Sabonis, not a great three-point shooter, although the numbers are better this year. You got to have shooting around him. You have to have playmaking. They have things around this team now that enhances his abilities. And in turn, like you said, the maturity has taken a huge leap. His game, his the way he moves out there on the floor, he can kill you with the speed, but he can slow you down with mm. the midi too. It's his athletic ability, right? Just to change pace and control his body. And obviously, someone's maturity is not something that you can measure out. It's not something that you can see. Oh, by the stats this year, I can tell that they're going to be more mature when they're twenty-five years old. Like it's we're humans. Like everyone has different ways that they go about life, and they mature on and off the floor. Sometimes it's um what goes on in your life. And sometimes it's just you looking in the mirror and going, oh yeah, I'm going to hold myself accountable and I want to be better. I want to um, live up to this or whatever it may be. And it's, 
you're seeing that on this level with the Sacramento Kings because there's actual leadership that is in this city as well. But yeah, you told me in the beginning of the season that there was going to be two all-stars and the Kings were going to be at the top of the West. Near the top. I'm sorry. Yeah, near the top. I I always say top of the West. but It feels like the top to us. Number three, like that's the top. No, it does. It does. But near the top of the West, yeah, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, Let's give some love to the people watching us live on YouTube. We appreciate people driving around listening to the old school way, but you can also hit us up on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We asked for it and we got it. Back-to-back days of 300 thumbs up! Oh, yeah, play the Ellen music. I don't know why this makes me think of Ellen every time I hear it. She does a lot of feet dancing. We appreciate the thumbs up. All it does is help the channel grow so more people get exposed to King's content, to NBA content, to sports content, Right here in Sacramento. So keep those rolling in. Appreciate all the love. Make sure to subscribe to the channel as well. Pizza's is fantastic radio show. Thank you. Pizza Spork. Thank you so much. Too kind. What you did I'm moving on from Oh that. wait, I forgot that deuce. It's not a radio stop calling her you do not use the word radio show. Do not no, use it's bigger that. than that. What do you so if someone was to say what? You just want to hear It's a show. Love the show. Love the show. All right, you two getting a little I'm, picky. I'm looking in the camera right now. I'm looking at comments on YouTube. Yeah, we break, but we stay live during the breaks on YouTube. That's true. It's a show. That's we keep true. it rolling. Uh, I do want to get the King Spurs tonight, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, I know I joked in the beginning, like, yeah, can we light the beam early? I'm having a little fun, but this is a great opportunity for the Kings to take on a Spurs team that is struggling. They've lost six in a row. They got like one win sprinkled in there. They're losing a lot of basketball games right now. Morgan Reagan, it's not a very good team. They're not really focused on winning per se. They don't have a lot of talent. Vassell's out with an injury. They're a little banged up. Romeo Langford, he's been nice for them too at times. He's questionable for tonight's game. It's a game that the Kings should win. Um, How are you feeling headed into this game tonight? I I feel confident coming off of that win against Minnesota. I think if we were looking at this against the Spurs and it was turned around, let's say their first game against Minnesota was what that win looked like and then their loss looked like what Saturday's loss looked like, I would be a little worried going into San Antonio because it would be like, oh, trap game. How are you going to pick up your defense? It doesn't matter who it's against. It's the NBA. You're going up against NBA players yes. no matter what. And you just you have to be locked in and against the Spurs. It's Greg Popovich in the Spurs. He gets guys to stay disciplined, to listen to him, um, to to still play basketball the right way. And that's the only thing that ever worries me. And I think sometimes when you look at these games and you want to just look past it, that's when you get in trouble. Yep. You have to come in and play your game. You can't look past no. it at all. The Spurs are 14 and 37, though. They're 9-19 and on the home floor. The rookie, Jeremy Sohan, who does a weird free throw shooting, oh, right? Just one hand. Just one hand. What do you What do you think about the one hand? Love it. Like- love it. I love it. If, if, it's, if it's not working the other ways and it's in your mind, shoot it with the well, one Here's one what's hand. wild about it. His first 23 games before he started that, yeah. he was shooting just under 46% at the free throw line. Since he did the new routine where he doesn't have his guide hand, he literally just one, one hand goes up. 76% from the line. Boom. Isn't that crazy? That's no I lie. actually love the fact that, like, it, do what works for you. Thank you. It's a free throw. So many people are like, no, I'm going to stick to my routine. It's like, no, 
Find something that works. I don't care if it looks goofy. It does look goofy, yeah. right? It goes in. It's like back in the day, Rick Barry would do the underhand free throw. And it would work. Doesn't right? his son still do that in the G League? Canyon Barry? Yeah. I don't know if he's still in the G League. It oh, seems God. like he's been there for like 20 years it with does. the Iowa Wolves. Correct. Great knowledge. Thank you. But yeah, Canyon Barry would do that. <laughs> yeah. It's so hands just going up there. He's like, I used to shoot 46. Now I'm shooting just under 77%. Think about it. I mean, there's so many players that could have learned from that. So many bigs over the years, like before they evolved their shot, where you're like, if you had just made that one change, you could have been so much better at that free throw line. Sohan, by the way, is actually putting together some nice numbers I like as him. of late. In his uh, last seven games, 18.6 rebounds. 51% shooting. He's 11 for 21 from three-point land. Mm. I just bring him up because he's like one of those guys that, you know, he's a Spurs first-round pick. He's a young guy. They see some potential in, in him. And the last time the Kings played, remember, he was John at De'Aaron Fox. Oh, and then what De'Aaron do? Fox went, he yacked it. Dunked on his head. What'd you say? Yacked, yacked it. Oh, yacked it. I don't know what that means. Yeah. It just sounds he, cool. Does this say, yeah. He yacked it. On his face. On his face. Yeah, but I agree. The other guy that honestly is one you get concerned about is Pirtle. I feel like Pirtle kills the Kings every time. He does. He's got great size. I'm not concerned about this game, mm-hmm. but there are numbers with this game that could be concerning. We could talk about it. I realize we have to break. We got <laughs> Rami coming up. We're going to talk more about this game. Kings and Spurs tonight. It's Do Samoa on Sacktown Sports. Morgan Reagan taking you till 2 p.m. Then it's Cattles and Rami. We've got Rami in the house right now. We're just talking about him adjusting to life in Sacramento. I mean, how long has it been now, though? It's I like... moved here on July 1st. Oh, so wow. okay. we're coming up on what, seven months? Okay, seven so months? it's still new. Yeah, it's so new for you. Oh, and yeah, you come sure. here, it's like 120 degrees for probably three months. <laughs> yes. And then we ha- then we have we just finished like two and a half straight months of rain. Right yeah. in hurricane in. weather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So really weird stuff. So this is like the first time, although a little chilly, this is, I mean, for you. Come no, this here. isn't, this, this is, is beautiful. Nothing. Yeah, this yeah. is spring. This is for, the oldest I, I have ever been. <laughs> Thank so you. You're Thank enjoying you. peak Sacramento in a way. I mean, <laughs> yeah. fall is really nice too, potentially. But. Yeah. Fall and, and then, yeah, spring. as we, we go yeah, into yeah. spring, this is when... It's been nice, though, When the, tree, the leaves start coming back and, yeah. yeah oh, right. I'm loving the weather lately. It's a little chilly in the morning, but Good. the weather lately has been, like, my... It's, like, perfect. Like, my, my perfect temperature here lately. Okay. It's, it's great. Do you have, a, like, a favorite spot you like going to? It doesn't matter, bar, restaurant, um, whatever, or just an area... I walk through Capitol Park with yeah. my dog every morning. Like they're they're all they're they all got pruned now, but I would literally just you know how they Saw say stop and smell the roses. Yeah, I literally every morning while walking my dog, I'd just stop for a second, just stop for one second, and just and then just start it's walking. It's so satisfying, just, it right? Is. It really is. This is great though because Morgan did this one time years ago. She had years. a stressful day. She pulled over to go stop and smell the roses. Literally, and she got a ticket. <laughs> what? Literally. Which and is the best I just thing ever. I wasn't great at parking in downtown. Like, I just wasn't familiar at the time. And I, like, I was like, you know what? No, I just need to go smell these roses. Like, just stop and smell the roses. Park my car. And then I go. Come back. Someone's writing a ticket. And I'm like, nope. Dude. Can't win today. You know, something that you may not know about uh, Capitol Park. Yes. You know they have one of every 
I did know that. Yeah, somebody told me that when yeah. I first moved here. I Damn. think it was I came when I came for the interview. When I came to visit for the interview, the the concierge at the hotel told me I was about to go walk through the park, and they were like, yeah. "You know, fun fact about that park." and they told me exactly what you just told me. I, so. I hope that's fake. They beat you. No, too. no I know true. it's not, yeah. but it would be great. If it, it, it's uh, brand new. <laughs> yeah. But seven, seven of those uh, trees have now blown down. Oh so, yeah, uh, there's trees. Cr- every, it yeah. was a it was a disaster zone. Awful. The, day, the day after those those storms. That doesn't crazy. happen in Sacramento, by the way. So I know. that's why it does now. Well, it's, it's a different time. You guys, you yes. guys are talking about me and like acclimating to the weather and everything. My girlfriend moved here on New Year's Day, and for like two weeks, she didn't see the sun or the beam. Did she hate Because <laughs> the Kings oh. went on to losing. Just be honest. Did she kind of hate Sacramento <laughs> No, first? she knew. Okay. She knew what was going on and that this was very out of the ordinary, but it was just like she did not get the Sacramento experience for like her first two weeks here. She didn't see sunlight or the oh. purple beam shining into the no, sky. No, it did. It felt like Seattle for <laughs> like did. two weeks. I was like, okay. Yay! I was getting a little depressed. Yeah, a lot of rain and no basketball. Yeah. (laughs) Shots fired at Seattle. Well played. Well played for a lot. That was great. Um, I was joking at the start of the show. I'm like, is it too early to light the beam for tonight? The Kings should win tonight. They should win tonight. Okay. I I said that before the road trip. Like, you're a team now where you can can look, because me and Nick like to take chunks of schedule and look ahead. Okay. Like six, seven games, depending on what it is and and how, how exactly we're looking at it. And I said before this road trip, you're a team now that can look at the schedule and say, that's a W, that's a W, that's a W. And there aren't too many times... Where you look at, I'm not saying it never happens. Yeah. Like if you got the Celtics or the Bucks or maybe Memphis or Denver and they're healthy, you might go, okay, that's a game we probably lose. But there are very few games on the schedule that I look at and I write an L next to it. But there are there are plenty of games that I look at and I write a W next to See, it. And this is one of them tonight. I think I think I'm more traumatized or triggered from like we've talked about from previous years in Sacramento. And not to say it's obviously not the same team. It's obviously not the same regime, coaching staff, nothing. But at the same time, it's like, I haven't seen consistent winning basketball for so long. I'm like, why should I believe it now? Show me for an entire season. It's hard. And then I'll be there. It's hard to trust again. You know what I mean? It's hard to trust again when a team has hurt you and broken your heart so many times. It's hard to trust. A couple of concerning numbers. Oh. Spurs are fifth in offensive rebounds. Okay. Third in points in the paint. And six and second chance points. The These point. are areas where the Kings do struggle. Yes. Yeah. So and Pirtle's been he gives Sabonis some fits sometimes. Dude, you guys, that's what, and I'm not trying to be that person. Hey, let me convince you otherwise, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying I think too many people today are going into this game no, like that. Because I have another number for you. Let's hear it. Make uh, me feel better. They have dude. the third few they have the third worst three point percentage in the NBA. And they allow teams to shoot 40% from three, Ooh. which is on pace to be the third worst in NBA history. Now, hear, now hear me out here. This is okay. my deep, deep basketball knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Three-pointers yeah, worth more than points in the paint. So if you can hit your threes. I it's mean, over. And data suggests that you can hit your threes I against mean. this team, even if they score points in the paint. <laughs> Should be able to win. Is that part of the points in the paint? Is that part of the Macloff theorem? Yes, that is the Macloff theorem. If you guys don't know it, the more points you score, the more points you can allow 
and still win a game. And the inverse is also true, that the fewer points you allow, the fewer you must score to win. This has me choked up. I'm like, I am just, this is stunning information. I did not expect this. Rami, I'm you kind are. Of, I'm like a statistician type. A you know what I mean? I'm genius. deep in the analytics. I, I dive deep into those numbers. I know, we, by the way, we don't have time for closing time, and that's totally fine. I do have a question. Uh, Morgan is so over the Tom Brady story. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Second retirement, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. How are you feeling? Because I feel like most people around here are just like, I don't care. Like, yeah, he tried to do it last year. I'm done with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't. How's Nick doing? Is he hanging out? I don't know. We'll we'll see see how he's doing here in a couple minutes, Nick. A a New England native from from the Northeast. So he's a big, big Patriots guy. He does a Patriots podcast. Obviously, he's got he's got the feels for Tom Brady. I don't say this like to be a contrarian or to like I'm not I'm not doing like a Skip Bayless act. (laughs) Same. I think the guy's a little overrated. I think oh, Tom oh, Brady, oh. like for people to just, I, you know out, what? I think for, I remember you bringing this up before, <laughs> and I have heard you this with a cat. He's over. So for, I mean, like, it's it's almost like you can't say he's not the goat. Like we can't have any discussion that Tom Brady is not the single greatest football player to have ever lived. And I don't look like a crazy person saying it. Like it's one of those things that you can't push back on at all. Without I, I did not see that coming, I and not. I kind of love yeah, it. Yeah. Seven, just to be clear, seven Super Bowls. Yes, three the Patriots MVPs. won seven Super Bowls. Well, the Patriots won six, six, and the Buccaneers won one with Tom Brady yeah. doing a fine job at quarterback. Hey. He's a great quarterback. I'm not saying he's not great, just Rami. maybe not the greatest. Is all I'm saying. Team Am I allowed sport. to say that? Team sport. Thank you. Who, there we go. who is the greatest quarterback? Oh, oh, who's of all your time? greatest? That's, that's a hard question. Okay. Yeah, that's it's a, a loaded question. question. That's a very loaded question. Yeah. Not loaded. I, um, it's pretty easy. No, I like this. I'm sticking up for Rami. It's a loaded question. I, you know what? I know Dude. where Verlot is going, and I don't think don't we're too it. far away from legitimately being able to say it. I Ooh. think he says it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. I don't think we're too far away from legitimately being able to say Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Patrick Vaughn Mahomes. Oh, so sorry. sorry. He's pretty so special. Yeah, I think he has done something we just haven't seen at that position before. Yeah. And so that's fair. And he's getting ready for another Super Bowl. He's 27 years it's old. It's insane. It's insane. The guy, like, almost doesn't lose. And his team, I think, once in his career has not been favored to win. There's a reason for that. He's And he's amazing. When he's he a- retires, I'll cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, coming up next, Kettles and Rami, and yeah, we will celebrate Tom Brady by saying he's overrated today <laughs> on Cal's and Rami. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya!